three, two. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Who wants to have some fun? I'm all about having fun. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Oh, boy, is this great. Hey, guys. Oh, big golf, huh? All right. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fun when we need plastic surgery to remove our files. I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Please have a party. Feed us drinks. Get us laid. Wait a minute. There's no birthday party for me here. Hey, bro, you mind putting on some pants? I find it a little weird. I have to ask twice. Do you want to know what makes Daddy Magic's nipples hard? Are those sad tissues or happy tissues? like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamine. Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun, though, isn't it? What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? No sports, no rock, no information. For mindless chatter, we're your station. Cowboy. The Mike Rutherford Show. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Well, I'm packing up my game and I'm going head out west where real women come equipped with scripts and find a nest in the hills. Chill like food. All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, March 13th. It is like three degrees outside somehow. But we're still here from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Visit business.louisville.edu to see what the L College of Business can do for you, including getting your MBA in as little as a year and feel like you're being paid to do so in the process. Again, business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from 3 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. Visit bigxsportsradio.com for that streaming link. You know us better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford here with Trevor Kelsey on the Monday after Selection Sunday. Plenty to get to. We've got brackets. We've got roster restruction. We got a time and a date now for the women's first round game. Their seed. We'll talk about that. We got a baseball team that's won nine in a row. But first and foremost, we have a foggy looking Trevor Kelsey here on on a Monday. You're looking rough. You made the well. It's a Monday, isn't it? I you mean, you made the groaning noise when you came in. That's how I always know it's going to be a little bit rough. Could get a little bit weird. At least weirder than usual. You are rocking the Blue Jays T-shirt. You're ready for baseball season. Baseball season is here, my man. It is here. We got World Baseball Classic in full swing. Uh, I've been all over it. What do you think? I, what do you think I'm so tired for? I've been up all night watching it. Team USA. Will Smith hit a bomb last night against Mexico. They lost. Yeah. They. Uh, we could be. He hit that ball like like it was Chris Rock at the Oscars. Well. Okay. <laughs> what? Timely reference. Is that, is, I mean, it's, I mean, this is when. I it, don't I get credit for making a reference that isn't 20 years old? Well, no. You, you, you missed the shelf life on that one by about 11 months and two weeks. Wasn't the Oscars last night? Yeah, it was, but the you know the, the 2023 Oscars, not the 2022 ones. That's okay. Though. Well, he's still, he's still smacking them. Uh, we want to hear from you uh, on the Thornton text line today. Hit us up at 502-414-1450. Uh, that is the Thornton text line. And a reminder, you can get uh, that Refreshing Rewards app. Download that bad boy today. It's going to save you money every time you need to fuel up at any one of the 75,617 area Thornton's locations. Also, going to save you money inside. Tasty treats at Thornton's. We love Thornton's. We love those guys. We love everything that they've got going on. And what they've got going on right now is 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller for just 89 cents. You heard that right, 89 cents coming today. Grab a fountain drink from Thornton's for less than a buck. Uh, Trevor Kelsey here. We're going to get to the brackets. We're going to get to the big... News when it comes to Louisville men's basketball, and there are several pieces of big news. But first, 
TK, how are you? How was the weekend? Not too bad. I mean, Sunday could have been gone better. I uh, obviously no cards. I did get the recliner put together. Uh, did you do it yourself or did you hire somebody? <laughs> no. I, I actually, my handyman was going to come over on Sunday and do it, but my mom's hippie friend came over Saturday, so he did it for me instead. Nice. Was uh, it more than just two pieces? Well. Oh, boy. Unfortunately, no, it, it was just two pieces. And you couldn't do it yourself? Well, I mean, I didn't really try. I just was like, he's like, hey, you want me to take a look at it? I was like, yeah, go ahead. And uh, then it turns out that it was only two pieces because some pieces were missing. Oh, boy. And the, fortunately, the pieces missing were the cord to plug it in. Oh, boy. And the remote. Oh, boy. So I went from getting a massaging lift recliner chair with two cup holders. You just got a chair. To a chair with two cup holders that won't recline. So what do you do? Did you call somebody? Not yet. I was going to do it today. Well, get on that. Tournament's starting. In my defense, the chair is still comfy. Well, there's that. <laughs> so I did try to recline it like by just pushing. You know, because you, you, <laughs> there's no levers on anywhere. So it's, I guess apparently the only way to recline it is using the the. Uh, it's the all remote. remote control. Yeah, and so I was like, well, I'm just going to try doing the push thing. And as I did it, I could feel the back piece starting to come out. I'm like, <laughs> maybe this isn't the best. I, like I got up, I got up, but I pushed it back in there a little bit. Like. Let's do this before I just fall straight out of the back of this. Oh, boy. Snap my neck. That'd be just the greatest way to go for me. Well. <laughs> How did he pass? Heart attack? Nope. Stroke? Uh-uh. Wow, there goes the betting odds. Non-reclining nope. recliner. Sla- snapped his neck falling out of a non-reclining recliner. <laughs> Man. That kind of put a damper on the whole weekend. It, I mean, Sunday in general was kind of a <gasps> kind of a down. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I got up with... You know, already kind of a little down with the expectations of not seeing, you know, obviously the cards on Selection Sunday. You know, the real show was that started at 8. Then the recliner didn't work. Scoots came and collected his money. Oh, no. He didn't yeah. come on the show last week. No, he's- no. He calls me. He's like, oh, hey, uh, you, you home? I'm like, yeah, I'm home. It's like 6 o'clock. About to watch the Selection show. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to stop by. I'll just get off work. Get that money. I guess rent's due. He was supposed to come on the show and do like a whole oh, yeah. victory speech and all that stuff. It just went just behind the scenes, just got his money. You think he's the one that lost the bet? Well. Wait, I mean. Congrats to Scoots, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, congrats, Scoots. Wait, leave us hanging high and dry over here. What a terrible bet. That was a whole segment we were going to use, too. That's going to be great. That's going to be a whole day. We could have used that now, last week. How the hell are we going to talk about it on Wednesday? Probably the tournament. Probably not. Probably the tournament. Maybe a little AEW that night. We got recruiting. We got we have stuff. There, there's big time stuff happening. Most people's postseason started as officially as of yesterday. Our 20, 2023 24 season started yesterday. Our 2023 24 season started like two months ago. Well, but yes, December, officially really. it started. <laughs> it started uh, this weekend, and it's off to a good start. That's what I'm talking about. We can get there. We we can go ahead and start there because. I, well, I, well, first, your weekend good. Yay, nay. Weekend was good. Okay. Did you say gay? Yay, nay. Oh, I thought you said yay, yay. <laughs> yay, yay. We were happy, yes. Oh. Uh, it was a solid weekend. We, I don't know. I mean, my mom has talked about, she, you know, she's worked at the, the, the preschool for like 40 years, since before I was yeah. born. Yeah. So she's got a good handle on all these things. And she talks about how people always talk about the terrible twos, but she's like, we always see a behavior change right at like the three and a half year mark. And Virginia, her three and a half, birthday like six month birthday was over the weekend and i don't know if like my mom just knows this stuff but it was snap of a finger she's become like, like a mother six month birthday well we were thinking about because mom said that and oh, so we're like yeah. oh yeah this, this actually was like right on the day 
she's became like a little demon child. Like the last like week, she just <laughs> she flips. She's always had like a little like, like a she'll throw the tantrums like a toddler will, but she yeah. just has become like I mean last night, for no reason basically, she she's upset because she's trying to put her clothes away. She doesn't know how to fold anything. She's just throwing it in there. And Mary is like folding her clothes and putting it away nicely. And she's mad that she's picking stuff up off the ground. Makes no sense. She's tired. She's hungry. But she's flipping out because Mary is putting her clothes away from off the ground. And she's yelling and she's screaming. And I'm like, Virginia, you can't talk like this. You can't do this. And she at one point says, I wish I didn't have a mommy and a daddy. I want to live in a house by myself. I thought we had like five years until we got to this point where she's you, starting to say this stuff. You're already getting the home alone treatment. We're already. I mean, we're already getting like teenage girl talk. Like she's, she's like, I don't, I don't like you anymore. Like all this stuff, and she just is flipping out. Oh, middle school is going to be a nightmare. She, for you. we've known that for a long time. Like she's put out those vibes from like six months on. But I thought we had a little bit of time when she was still like little and sweet. And she, she's mostly sweet. But when she flips a switch, she just becomes a total demon child. So that was tough last night. That that was a little bit rough. And, you know, I'm working a bunch, too, and she's mad at me for working a bunch. Like, she doesn't understand. It's weekends, and usually I'm free to play on the weekends. But, like, I'm watching basketball and, and writing with the selection show. And so she's not happy about that. So she's letting me hear about that. Like, it's, it's just it was a lot. She wasn't very happy to go to ballet on Saturday. It was it was tough. We did go to Bellarmine's campus and kind of roamed around for a little bit just as a time killer because we were already in the area. And Mary got to see her picture on the new like famous alumni wall Ooh. in Horgan Hall, which was was fun. Virginia, Where's your picture at? I know. It's like, I was asking the same thing. In the bathroom stall. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's the Rutherford Urinal at the it's library. Like, like second place in uh, Top Gun, where you get your picture in the, in the ladies' room. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it, it's something like that. But that was nice. It was fun. I hadn't been to Bellman's campus in a while. But it was it, pretty, neither. besides that, it was just a lot of, a, lot of, a lot of work and a lot of child screaming and trying to adjust to daylight savings, all that good stuff. So I tough. thought I had it bad with a recliner didn't recline. At least my least my kid wasn't in. I hate you. Well, their life. <laughs> she'll get over. You it. may have had it easier. I may have had it easier than you. I hope she'll get over <laughs> it. But let's uh, let's start with the big news from yesterday. Yeah. We, we knew that this was going to. We, we I shouldn't say we knew. We thought that this was probably going to happen over the weekend. Five star big man Dennis Evans comes on a recruiting visit. He is projected by local writers, national writers. Everybody says he's going to go to Louisville after he decommits from Minnesota. He makes it official yesterday. Of course, I'm at Feeder Supply when the news breaks. I'm like, son of a bitch. you got to be kidding me. Like, this is, I've been waiting for this all day. The well, one time I, I would, step away. I, if I would have bet, I would have said Trader Joe's, but okay. We were at Trader Joe's <laughs> yesterday as well. We spent some time there, the uh, the weekly Sunday visit to Trader Joe's. But that news breaks. And now we're having, it's, it's kind of a avalanche at this point. Like, you're getting, there's a snowball effect. The Evans commitment's cool. But I think people are excited because it seems like there are more commitments coming. It seems like there's more good offseason shuffling happening. You've got the news that Sky Clark, five star, former five star point guard who played half of the season in Illinois, is going to visit apparently this week. We'll talk about that a little bit later. We've got the Trenton Flowers commitment coming on Friday, widely believed a commitment that's going to come to Louisville. And now you also just had breaking right before we came on the air, Carter Bryan, a five star member of the class of 2024, has announced that he's down to two schools. And it's Louisville and it's Arizona. Now Arizona's well, I don't know about this guy. He well, he's um he, he's the, the the Carter who played it Carter Bryant. The the Bryant who played it uh whatever. Um Kentucky, his brother. Okay. He's a five star kid from from California. I take it back. No, who, who not the Knox. I was, I was thinking of Carter Knox. Carter Bryant is the kid from California. I, was like, I know Carter Knox's name. Yeah, he, he's from Newport Coast. He's 
uh, 6'8", small forward, another one of those. Okay, we seem to recruit player. all the same players. Right. But the big thing is he's down to us in Arizona. Okay. And Zona perceived to be the leader, but still, you, you got a little time to make up that. The good news is he was also kind of perceived to be a hot recruit for Gonzaga, and now Gonzaga's gone. So well, those two are worried about their little time with the NCAA tournament. We'll we'll make that up on the recruiting trail. We got plenty of time to recruit. Oh, we're, we're well, they're busy good. playing their game still. We're going to be give, getting the recruits. You also had today, J.D. Trainer put out a tweet of himself dunking in, in a Louisville uniform, which seems to be a good sign that he's planning on coming back for next year. And so you're starting to be able to see I think this roster take shape. We're not even a full week into the offseason, and I think you're kind of starting to see the pieces fall into place. But let's talk about Evans, uh, uh, I guess, first. Seven foot one. Dennis Evans. Dennis Evans, you nailed it. You, you got it right. On, I told you all you do was he had to commit and I'd get his name right. He wears goggles. He looks goofy. He's fantastic. We love him. Um, he's the first five-star kid, and I know you can be. He's a four-star. He's a five-star. Well, he's a five-star on some. He's a four-star on others. If he'd gone somewhere else, yeah, we would have called him a four-star like everybody else does. But he's a five-star big man because he's coming to play for us. He's better than a three-star. You're damn right. He's the number 18 overall player in the class, according to 24-7 Sports. Previously committed to Minnesota, decommitted a couple of weeks ago. And like right when he announced his decommitment, everybody started saying he's going to come to Louisville. He's a seven-foot-one center. He's being talked about by recruiting experts as not just the best shot blocker in the class of 2023, but the best shot blocker to come out of high school basketball in a while. Um, if you watch his videos, he's got like terrific defensive instincts. He, he he moves his hips well. He doesn't fall for shot fakes. He you know keeps the ball in play when he can. He's everything that we were lacking this past season when it comes to a rim protector. Now, offensively, certainly a little bit of a work in progress. Has to put some bulk on that frame. And these are things that you almost always say about a teenager who's seven foot, seven foot one, right? Like Especially they're all weighs 210 pounds. Yeah. They're very, that's what I said. He's got to put some bulk on. Nice. They're very rarely filled out. They're very rarely finished products offensively. A lot of times it takes time to get going. I mean, look at Zach Eady at Purdue. He's become an entirely different player offensively later in his college career. And that's, you rarely have like a Greg Oden who comes out as a polished seven foot big man out of high school that those are kind of unicorns, but he's got a seven, seven wingspan, which is absurd. I think there's only five players in the NBA that have larger wingspans. He will help us. I don't know how much he's going to be able to do for us offensively, but everybody saw this season, how much we struggled with defending everything I know, but specifically defending the high pick and roll and what Evans will do that we couldn't do last year with our big man is he'll allow us if we want to. And I still don't really know how Kenny Payne likes to defend pick and rolls or, or what he wants to do there, but we can drop with 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 Dennis Evans. He won't have to come out high. He won't have to come out and hedge. You can drop back because you know if a, a guard is going to try to take the ball all the way to the basket or even take a little mid-range floater, that shot's going to get blocked or it's going to get altered. He gives you options defensively that we simply did not have this past year. I, I think it's a big-time get. I hope that people don't put too much pressure on him immediately to come in and like be a Greg Oden-type player because I don't think he's there yet. But you still... As bad as we were defensively, any big help on that end of the floor is a gigantic addition. He's going to fill that role for you next year, if nothing else. I mean, the fact that we turned 10 pounds, I wouldn't expect anybody to think it should be Greg Oden. Oden was legit seven foot 260 when he got into college. Kind of like a Okafor type type frame. I mean, he doesn't, this, that, which are more few and far between than what, this is what normally you'll see. 
if he's, if, for, for a team that had like the biggest strength being their size in front court and had the weakest rim protecting that Louisville did, I will. If, if that's the strength, I will take it. I will. I will. I can give up a little bit of offense at the center position right now. For sure. And I, Did I go a little short on you there? Yeah, that's what <laughs> just kind of repeated what I just said and then added. I, hey, that's fine. That's you, fine. You know my okay. recruiting analysis. How much can I really tell you? I have never watched the kid Well, I just play. told you what he is. And I know. I that's, why, that's why I repeated that. it. <laughs> I'm most surprised when you said that, you know, because normally to me it's the defense that is the lacking of the two between defense and offense for an incoming freshman, whether, whether it be a guard or a big But not man. bigs. I don't know. Bigs are almost always more polished on the defensive end. I guess. I guess we're also not, we haven't really seen too many traditional bigs over the last few years as well either. We're hopefully seeing more. Not here. I, I saw my um, guy Cardinal on Twitter said he would be the I think the fourth tallest player ever in Louisville basketball history, which is cool. Love tall guys. It would be great to have a tall guy who can block a ton of shots. I mean, guys, we had over seven foot. Jonathan Huffman was seven one, wasn't he? Uh, well, we had Honest. We had yeah. Mott Stockman, seven foot. Yeah. Um, can't think of any off the top of my head. I was thinking over seven foot. I mean, right at seven foot, we've had a few more, including, unfortunately, when we lost yesterday. Yeah, we're going to talk about that, but, too. But, which yeah, is but, but, very but that was at seven foot flat. I was thinking over seven foot. Well, he's one. He's one of them. He's one. All he needs one because that's all he is, seven foot one. At seven one. Also, I think even bigger than maybe the, the help that he's going to provide on the court, it's a solid just message off the court. I think Louisville fans and this program in general needed something positive to happen and landing the highest unsigned player from the class of 2023, the highest rated unsigned player from the class of 2023 certainly does that. It communicates, I don't know. I mean, we've been asking for some sign of reassurance, something tangible off the floor. And I, I'm not going to repeat the whole spiel we went to on Thursday. Like I, I get it when people are going to say, I don't care if he gets a million five stars, he can't coach. We all have the same concerns. We don't have to repeat those concerns before every piece of positive news. I think, look, we're going to talk about it plenty this summer. He's going to, it looks like, assemble a roster that on paper should be able to compete in the ACC. We'll find out whether or not he can get the job done with that roster once the season rolls around. But for now, just getting these pieces is what he absolutely had to do this offseason. And it's starting to happen right now. And like I'm not going to just totally poo-poo that. I still certainly have my reservations. I have my concerns. But I can't sit here and be like, you know, he's got to get players off the court. And then when he starts getting players off the court, be like, it doesn't matter if he gets players off the court. He needed to have a huge offseason. He's taken the first big step towards accomplishing that. It certainly sounds like the second and third and maybe fourth big steps are going to come in the relatively near future. Like, this is this is what we wanted. This is what we wanted to see. We wanted some sign of reassurance that we did not get during the season, uh, either on or off the court, to happen. And boom, he got it done. I mean, he had to win the offseason, is, is what we've, we've said over and For over. Sure. And, and, and this is... I'm not saying this is guaranteeing a win right now, just getting, but it's the right step in the right direction. And for those that do want to complain, like, oh, yeah, I don't care if he gets six, five stars, he can't coach. Well, I mean, be happy we got five stars for at least the guy that replaces Kenny after next year. There's that. There's that. I mean, if you don't think he can coach him, maybe the guy replaced him with Ken. Maybe. Although, like, seeing the transfer portal today, which, my God. I mean, I knew, you knew it was going to be an avalanche. I was too busy kind of keeping an eye on NFL free agency, the Eagles rule. The, the transfer portal, though, is because it opens today. Yeah. And you had. I mean, everyone and their brother is in the transfer portal already. And so you, you just can't be sure you're going to hang on to anybody. Uh, but it's it, there are— We lost three before the portal even opened. Pretty much. There are ample opportunities for Louisville to go out and sign guards. You've got a lot of guys that average 17, 18 points that are already in the portal mm -hmm. who can come in and help you immediately. And let's talk about one of those because— Oh, I know. 
It begins already. Well, no, this is big news today. Sky Clark, who we've been talking about for a long time because he has direct ties to U of L. Uh, he's a relationship with Kenny Payne. Had committed to Kentucky. I mean, this time a year ago, I think he was committed to Kentucky. He wound up decommitting after Severe Wheeler announced that he was coming back for another season. He gets down to Illinois and Louisville, presumably. I know Louisville was in hot pursuit of him. He commits to Illinois, signs with Illinois. He starts at point guard for them as a true freshman this season, plays in 12, uh, starts 12 of their first 13 games, is kind of hit or miss, is sort of all over the place, puts up decent numbers, uh, I think like seven points, two point something re, uh, assists per game, did not shoot it overly well. The big issue for, for him, one, defensively, did not guard the pick and roll very well, and two, had a sky-high turnover rate, uh, I think like 27 27- yeah, 27.6% of turn, uh, offensive possessions he turned the ball over on, which is Louisvillian, if you want to, to to call it that. But still certainly a, a big-time talent, was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, six foot three, brawny six foot three, has a solid build. He, according to On3, is going to visit Louisville this week. And there had been a lot of buzz when he basically left the program in January that if we hired Kenny Payne, his next stop was going to be UofL. It certainly sounds like that's probably the case. I think it's telling that on his Instagram when he announces that he officially entered the transfer portal today, you've got Trenton Flowers liking the post. You've got Dennis Evans liking the post. You've got, uh, I mean, some of the other recruits that we're going after liking the post. Like, it just seems like this is all kind of coming about here. But we're going to have a similar conversation with Clark that I think we had with Amani Bates when there was talk about taking him over the summer. You're reading my mind. I think that the, to me, the potential reward with Sky Clark outweighs the potential risk. There's a lot of talk from Illinois fans, and you never know how much to read into this, but you talk about he was a team cancer. He didn't get along. He's got a terrible attitude. Like wherever he goes, he's going to fail. You hear that a lot of times when a player leaves a program, especially when he leaves a program in the middle of the season. Sometimes it's warranted, sometimes it's not. Think about what West Virginia fans were saying about Oscar Shibway. Think about what Bob Huggins was saying about Oscar Shibway when he went to Kentucky. He's been a terrific player for them, obviously. He's been nothing but a model citizen and a hard worker. But you're always going to have that talk. I don't know how much to buy into it with Sky Clark. I do know that he has immense ability. You can watch his highlight film from this year. I know that he was you know, maybe bad more than good at times this season. But when he was good, you saw flashes of why he was a five-star. And I think with Louisville right now being in the position it is in the backcourt, you can't afford to pass up on a five-star talent with that level of upside when you you may have no guards on your roster at the moment. I think you take Sky Clark. If he's a problem on or off the court, you can quickly fix that. You can kick him to the curb. You can bench him. But you have to at least take this chance. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, the same thing we said with Bates a little bit more last year. I think Bates was a little bit different because – we had less to choose from anyway, but with, with the, you know, the cloud gone and the transfer portal just plump with, with options to pick from. I'm not going to like tell Sky Clark no, but he's I, honestly, he's not going to move my needle. And to the point I'm kind of with you I, where it's like, you know, you know, like like me at the bar beggars can't be choosers, but I, I don't want to be like, Oh, we got Sky Clark. We can take a break. Like if we if bringing Sky Clark would be awesome, but I, I still want my, two or three probably other transfer guards ahead of him. Same, for sure. Where And if that bothers Sky Clark, where he's not going to, he has to have competition with two other guys, maybe, you know, one from Colgate and one from, you know, wherever. I don't 
And that's what I'm talking about when I say some, you know, your Juco guards maybe, or not Juco guards, but transfer guards, you know, your lower-level mid-major guys moving up. We've had success with that, and we're not the only ones to do that over the last couple of years with the transfer rule. Then, then you know what? Maybe maybe don't come here. But if he wants to come here, compete, and, and be an option as one of maybe three or four guards we bring in this year, then be my guest. I'm right there with you. But I, I'm not going to, yeah, but we're, we're not rolling down the red carpet and being like, this is your job. We're not guaranteeing you a starting spot. No. Hell no. No, because. I'm not guaranteeing my roster spot, to be honest with you, but I mean. I, I mean, you can't talk about Sky Clark. I mentioned the the upside, and certainly if you watch highlights of him, you'll see that upside. You can't talk about Sky Clark without mentioning the fact that Illinois got better when he left the team. There's there's really no debate about that. They became an NCAA, they weren't an NCAA tournament team when he was running the show. When they're the playing game, right, I think. They're, no, they're, I think they're in the, the main draw. Are they not? They got nine seed, or were they a? Blood I think they're an eight, eight nine game. I think they were. Yeah, you're right. Actually, I take it back. You're right. They weren't an NCAA tournament team when he was running the show. They are an NCAA tournament team now. Like th- that's just a, a fact. But I think it's different. This is it's gonna be impossible to say without kind of casting aspersions. If Sky Clark left the Virginia program in the middle of the season, and all these Virginia fans were saying. Yeah, he was a problem behind closed doors. He, he didn't get along. He was kind of a cancer, was, was uncoachable. I have a lot more red flags than I do with him leaving Illinois just because I think Brad Underwood is kind of insane. Like, there's, <laughs> like, if he clashed with Brad Underwood, I'm not necessarily sure that that reflects totally poorly on Sky Clark. There's a, it, it, it might, but there's a chance that maybe he was in the wrong, he was in the right, and he had legitimate concerns about the coaching and stuff like that. And he will be a better fit under Kenny Payne and this staff. I, I, all I'm saying is I'm willing to give it a shot. I, I think that his talent is clear. He, there was a reason why he was a five-star coming out of high school who John Calipari thought was good enough to be his next big freshman point guard. You give him a shot. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But if it does, you look like a genius. And you know you look like Calipari did taking on Oscar Sheboy from West Virginia and turning him into something that he was even better than when he was a Mountaineer. But more than anything else, you just... like. You need guards. Just need another option at guard. But I'm with you in that it can't just be Sky Clark and then let's go get a whole bunch of wings, right? No. It still has to be there are I mean, there are guys that can score, backcourt players who can score all over the place that are available for you. Some of them, I'm sure, would love to come to this backcourt, play with Sky Clark, play at the KFCM Center, play in the ACC, have a shot to you know re-resurrect this dormant program that just 10 years ago was winning national titles. You've got to go get those guys. I was, humble brag, I was, I was talking with a former player today, and he was talking about Sky Clark, and he was saying kind of the exact same thing. Like, he's still young. He's basically going to be like a second-year freshman next season based on the fact that he played a semester of, of college basketball this year. And, like, the, the freshmen aren't moving the needle in college basketball right now outside of the elite of the elite. You still need these proven 21, 22-year-olds who have been scoring at a high level in college basketball for a, a long time. Like Those are the guys that the best programs are loading up on in the offseason, and those are the guys that the programs that are going to make deep runs in the NCAA tournament are riding the backs of. Like You need a couple of those, at least. It's great that we're getting Dennis Evans. It's great that we're getting Sky Clark, potentially. It's great that we're probably going to get Trenton Flowers. We'll see if he reclasses. These are great for— He'd have to reclassify to be excited over because I'm not going to get too excited over get A 2024 yeah, kid. I understand that. But it's great that we have talent that can be elite down the line, but I don't think, and maybe Flowers and Evans or Clark prove me wrong, I don't think that these are guys that are good enough to come in here, dominate for a full season, and then go to the NBA after next year. If we're going to flip this from four wins 
to NCAA tournament, which is the goal. Having these guys is great. They can help out significantly. You still you get more excited about maybe the, the non the, the less sexy 19 point per game score from Charleston Southern or something who can come in here and give you 14 a game next year and be a reliable stabilizing force in your backcourt. We've got to go get those players if we have a chance to to be tournament good next year. I agree 100%. I mean, yeah. I, I can't uh I was going to say something. Oh, yeah. That, that uh, yeah, I agree. But for I, I think for the momentum of the program for the the way that other big time recruits down the line are viewing the program, getting these kids does matter. Like they know who Dennis Evans is, they know who Trenton Flowers is, they remember Sky Clark. Like you need that little bump for if for you know twenty five class kids, twenty four class kids to see. Like yeah, Louisville's got something going here. Like let's see what's going on. You saw that kind of happen last year with football, and if we're losing on the court and we're not getting prospects at all, like it's kind of hard to get that recruiting just jolt of life. This is accomplishing that. It does kind of ease the fans' fears for at least a little bit of time or you know, calm some people down, which is also a, a nice effect. But this is what we thought we were going to get with Kenny Payne. It's nice to see him doing it. Again, we, we all know, it's, you know it, it means nothing if we start dropping games to the Appalachian states of the world come November again. But for now, this is kind of this is best case scenario. And I do think we're going to get Sky Clark. I do think we're going to get Trenton Flowers. I still think we're going to get Tavion, uh, Davion uh, McKnight from Western Kentucky. I was actually, if it came down, you could pick between McKnight and Sky Clark, which would you take? For just next season, McKnight. I mean, I don't, there's odds Sky Clark's probably going to be one and done anyway. Could I, be. I just have a feeling this is, he's, I don't see him wanting to hang around college more than he has to. He might, I mean, but how did Brandon Huntley Hatfield? Didn't really have much of a choice. Like, no. <laughs> you, you, there's only so many places you can go if you don't prove that you're NBA draft worthy after year one. But so let's before we go to break, let's look. We've got now starting lineups, starting lineups, starting lineups. No, we're not doing starting lineups. <laughs> but we know we've got Williams coming in, Glenn coming in, yeah. Karan Davis coming in. I think now we've got Dennis Evans coming in. I'm assuming we're going to get Sky Clark. That's five. I'm assuming we're going to get Trenton Flowers. I think he can reclass. We'll see about that. That would be six. J.D. Trainer comes back. That's seven. Mike James comes back. That's eight. Manuel Corfor comes back. That's nine. L. Ellis, it sounds like the team is kind of putting some pressure on him to come back. We'll see about that. But as of right now, I mean, I think Huntley Hatfield, Hatfield, I'm going to include him. I think it's more likely that he comes back than not. That's ten. You've got three spots left for transfers. If you get McKnight, that's 11. You've got two spots left. Both are going to be guards, too. Both need to be guards. They, they no question. Guards, yeah. No question about that. I mean, even if Ellis, you, you count Ellis and put you at 12 and Moons leaves you one spot, you're still going after a guard. But it's shaping up to be a roster that, at least on paper, looks better than it did last year. Like, Am I, am I safe in saying that? If you if you had if you had at least McKnight out of Western, and it already looks better than it does last year. I think so, too. I mean, that right there already improves the team drastically to me is giving you another ball handler. And with the assumption that Hunley Hatfield will improve his game and move forward, James and Trainer are the same, which I really don't doubt they wouldn't. They, I saw him do it this year alone. So, and with Trainer, I mean, with James coming off the Achilles injury, he can only be an extra year of, of getting you know rest and, and rehab on that to make him sure he's one hundred percent is always a good thing. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, just just that alone. Now, now Evans, you you talked about his defense ability, matches. Offensively, is he he's not one of the seven foot one guys that just wants to stay on the perimeter and face up offensively. Is oh no, he, he's more of a he wants to dunk. Okay, all right, good. 
two types of seven foot one dudes who are limited offensively. One, the ones who just want to pick and pop and shoot threes. Mm-hmm. Two, the ones who only want to dunk. He's the latter. He, he only wants to dunk. Well, if that's the case, and I also tell you that there's odds, good odds that he's not a one and done. Usually, the ones that want to do the pick and pop and stay out in the perimeter and face up at seven foot, they're the guys that want to go to the NBA right away. Yeah, he's, not that not that he wouldn't want to go to the NBA right away, but I know that there's some buzz about him being a potential one and done. I know my guy Ricky O'Donnell, who I work with at SB Nation, who covers the draft, was saying he th- can see him being a first round pick. Um, who was the We'll, we'll have to see. I mean, we'll have to see. what You never know until you see how much he can. I mean, it's March. He won't start playing here until November. He can put on some weight. He can develop a little bit offensively. Hey, it's time for the big man whisperer to do his thing. It's kind of a swing and a miss with, with the big man whispering in year one. Uh, we'll see if the if he and Danny Manning can get things going, get a little bit of momentum going in year two with a very, very promising prospect. But I think the, the roster, final thought here, the roster as of right now, if it is those 11 guys with two spots available, I think it's better than last year. I think it should produce a better season than last year. I don't think it's NCAA tournament good. I think if it's going to get NCAA tournament good, those two spots have to be very high profile, immediate impact transfers, and you're right. I think they both have to be guards. Um, make that happen, then we can talk. But for right now, so far so good. We're, we're Again, we're less than a week into the offseason, and the things that we've wanted to see from the staff so far, they're coming to fruition. So that's that's good. I mean, I can see him being like a Jackson Hayes kind of, who wasn't a huge recruit, kind of came out late and had that same 6'11", 210-pound frame that could run the court. Then, then you're losing a one and done in Ben Seven. We'll see. We'll but, see. Yeah, I would say that's what I get from what, at least one year at Jackson Hayes level, level player. I'll take it. Hell yeah. No doubt about it. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll read some text from you guys at 502-414-1450. We'll also talk about the women's NCAA tournament, uh, L's draw, and the men's NCAA tournament. Cards were not included, but we can talk about that as well. Keep it locked right here. More of the Rutherford Show continues next here on 1450 The Big X. We can dance if we want to. We can leave your pants behind. Cause your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, well, they're no friends of mine. See, we can go where we want to, place where they will never find. And we can act like we come from out of this world, leave the real one far behind. Alright, welcome back in. Monday edition of Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. If you're having a problem with your HVAC system, a little heating air conditioning issue, hit up our guys over at AirServe, or if you're not, you just want a little tune-up. Call them today, they'll give you a tune-up for $49. The phone number is 502-785-8600. And also for a limited time, you can get up to 60 months no interest financing on a qualifying rude system. Again, call our guys over at AirServe at 502 785 8600 or visit them online at airserve.com slash louisville a-i-r-e-s-e-r-v.com slash louisville mike rather here with trevor kelsey on the big x as we react to the weekend that was in cardinal sports and sports in general uh men's team not in the ncaa tournament shocking hey, news you mass cards into the transfer portal they owe us a player don't they yeah <laughs> don't they owe us a guard we need a you know, we guard noah awesome. fernandez is entered the portal there you go we also have uh news from travis brandon of 24 7 sports who says that sky clark visit to louisville is going to come tomorrow so sky clark potential 
commit. It sounds like this is going to happen quickly. It sounds like this has been in the works for a long time. Because you remember, he entered the transfer portal officially yesterday, but he's basically been in the transfer portal since January 6th. Yeah, he only played like 10 games. In I think 13. And then he he announced he was leaving the team on January 6th. So he's been on the sidelines for over two months now. It's kind of been a, I don't want to say foregone conclusion, but it's been widely rumored that he's going to be a Louisville Cardinal. I can see this happening tomorrow. I can see it happening Wednesday, sometime this week. But nice to happen January 6th. Yeah, it would have been nice. <laughs> could use it. And then Trenton Flowers announcing uh, Friday at 5.30. So we could theoretically have three new additions to next year's teams to replace the three that have already left uh, within the first 10 days of this offseason. That would be be a nice start. But while the offseason is off and running for the UofL men's team, the UofL women's team still has much work to do here as they start their NCAA tournament run on Saturday. We got the bracket last night at 8 o'clock. We found out Louisville is a five-seed which unfortunately means they cannot host first and second round games at the KFC Yum Center. If they'd been a top four seed, they could have been, but they are the five seed in Stanford's region. They're going to play Drake, the Missouri Valley Conference champions, on Saturday. 7.30 is the tip-off time there. ESPN2 has the TV coverage. If they win, they'll likely play a four-seeded Texas team that they've already beaten this year. They played them in the battle for Atlantis back in November, and kind of oddly, the two highest-ranked teams in that field were Louisville and Texas. Texas went 0-3, Louisville's only win in the tournament was against Texas, so kind of a, a strange thing, but both rebounded to have solid seasons, maybe not as good as they as, as either had hoped going into the year, but it would be nice to see Louisville advance there. If they do win, they'll go out west, and they'll play in the Stanford Regional, but out of the top four seed, I mean, you basically just wanted to avoid South Carolina, who, yeah, well, yeah. if we're being honest, it seems like, un- barring Aaliyah Boston you know, be- being declared academically ineligible or getting hurt or something like that, South Carolina's probably going to win this thing they have been not just undefeated this season they have been dominant they haven't really been tested at all and they said i think they said that's like three or four games within like 10 points it's it's nuts like, like they're it was like yukon they're doing like yeah. early 2000s 90s yukon stuff yeah. right now like they it just seems like their secretary they're, they're a one-to-one favorite to win this thing it just seems you, you want to stay away from them as long as possible and just hope that something crazy happens and you get like a louisville britney griner type upset from somebody else, yeah. but still, I, I think a, a solid overall draw for the cards. You get the five seed, which was kind of expected. You play a, a pesky Drake team that will give you, I'm sure all you can handle on Saturday night, but if you win, you have the mental advantage of playing a team that you've already beaten this year in all likelihood. I don't hate the draw and you, and you stay away from South Carolina and UConn, which is good. I mean, I don't hate the draw, but I mean, I don't literally know anything about Drake. So I, I mean, I don't, I'm curious that when you say pesky, I'm just, I didn't know if you just threw it out there. It's like your general term. For a team that you don't know about, or if you actually know they're pesky, or... I mean, I know what they've done. I've mean, seen them play. I, I know their record. I know the fact that they won the Missouri Valley. They haven't played a bunch of major teams yet, but the ones that they have played, the Power Conference teams they played, they played close. So okay. it's like, it, I mean, it's what you expect it's, in a twelve five. It's a five. I was going to say it's a twelve five. Now I know that doesn't mean that doesn't mean as much as it does in the women's as no. the men's, but it's still. I mean, it, the gap has gotten closer than, than it has in the past. So, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see at least a Sweet 16 run, maybe take on Stanford. I don't know. When, have we played Stanford anytime recently? Uh, we beat them out there a while ago. But I it's like we been... had played them once in recent, yeah. within the last couple of years, but I don't remember how it went. But Either way, I say bring them on. Palo Alto sucks. They're overrated. We're going to cut down the tree. We're going <laughs> to turn into firewood right in their face. Kind of a, a wild fact. So, Jeff Walls. Who's the two seed in our bracket again? Uh, I don't know. I forget either. Do you have the bracket in front of you? I can, but I don't have it in front of me now. Thank uh, you for that, welcome. then. 
We could just could just like let's pull it up. Hey, yeah. I mean, you know Drake. I figured you knew the two C too. I, mean. I know. I mean, I know who they play. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm aware of the. Oh, it's Iowa. It's, it's Caitlin Clark. Oh, okay. And the three seeds Duke from our own conference. So there you go. It's it's not the worst draw in the world, but Iowa would be tough. Duke would be tough. I mean, Duke Duke beat us, but they also looked pretty bad in their last game out in the tournament semifinals. But we'll worry about Drake first. The well, what was I gonna say? Now you throw me all off. Hey, we're on the other side of Indiana. So we, it could be an IUU Bell Championship game. There you go. Oh, positive for you. Oh, the the, the the crazy one of the crazy things about Jeff Walls. We know how much he's meant to this program. The man again took over a program that had never been in the Sweet Sixteen before. No, he's never lost in the first round. Thirteen and really? zero in first round games at Louisville, and in eleven of the thirteen seasons where we've made the NCAA tournament, we had the twenty twenty tournament taken away, obviously, and then I think in his second season. We played in like the WBI, which was like the the CBI for women's basketball. But in the 13 tournaments that we've played in, we've been to at least the Sweet 16 11 times. So the man doesn't lose in the first weekend often. He has never lost in the first round. It's a safe bet that Louisville will take care of business against Drake, despite being a little bit uneven this year, and despite the fact that it is a 5-12 game, which, like you said, is not as big of a deal on the women's side as it is on the men's side, but it's still an upset-prone draw. Safe bet is on the cards advancing on Saturday, and there's a solid chance, I think, that they'll take care of business against Texas and make it to the Sweet 16, which, given everything considered, considering everything that's happened this year, probably a solid season if, if this team's able to make it to the second weekend. I know they have larger aspirations, but given where they were two months ago, winning a couple of games in the big dance, probably a, not not the worst thing in the world there. Uh, so props to the ladies. I feel a run coming for the ladies. You feel the ladies. You, you know, you've been saying that all year. I, yeah, I like it. You stopped yourself there for what you, you, know, you feel the ladies are making a run. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> there you go. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. Before we take some text, reminder, uh, the UofL baseball team also 3-0 over the weekend against Dayton. They are now winners they are of— not quality competition. No, Flyers done. After that first little 5 nothing lead they had in the first game, nothing for us. We're done just playing with you, Flyers. I think we one hit them on Saturday and, and two hit them on Sunday. We now are nine winners of nine straight, one loss on the season. Louisville number two uh, in the country, according to the Collegiate Baseball uh, Top 25, and number three in the country in Baseball America. What? Who's base, who do they think is better than us? Is it still LSU? LSU. Tennessee? Bring, bring on LSU. It's like all SEC teams. Uh, Probably. Yeah, number one in the D1 baseball poll is, is still LSU. Oh, they're a bunch of DBs, not D1. You're damn right. Thing. All right, Thornton Sex line here, 502-414-1450. Texas, so Mike hasn't seen Scoot's tweet pick. I don't even know what that means. Tweet pick? What is – I follow Scoot. That sounds like an old old man thing to say, isn't it? Like your tweet pick. What is – is Scoot tweeted something? He's talking about the one I tweeted out of him collecting the money? I don't know. I mean, is it just talking about his avatar? No, I mean I – The picture of his face? I, <laughs> is that what, he's, that what he's talking about? I'm assuming he's referring – The handsome man. I'm assuming he's referring to the picture I tweeted out of him collecting the money yesterday. Now he just said you haven't seen Scoot's tweet pick. Scoots has not tweeted a picture on his, his Twitter account. What to look? I don't know what he's talking about. Texas says, uh, what's the most loaded region of a bracket that you've ever seen? For me, it's 2014 region with Louisville, Kentucky, and Wichita. That was an unfair region. Um, I, we can talk about the men's draw a little bit later. The West region this year is, to me, is insane. Texas, since our season was so pitiful this year and we aren't in the tournament, we should rewatch each Louisville win from the 2013 championship as a way to cheer <laughs> us all up. We watch each round. As the uh, tournament are commencing, I feel like 
I've had this idea, I've heard this idea like five times in the last four years. But basically, whenever we're not in the tournament, people were talking about doing it in the when COVID canceled the tournament, you know, when we would be playing in the first round, let's watch the 2013 game or a different game from a year in the first round. The the video game simulation tournament. Yeah, but like, but people always have this specific idea where it's like, on the day of the first round, we're watching a famous first round game from tournament past, and then a Sweet 16 game, like the Georgia Tech game, as the second round game. Like, I feel like I always have this idea, and it just it makes me sad that we have to resort to these things. I mean, I feel like we should. If we're going to do that. We should do the '86 run, right, with Kenny Payne. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that just makes a little more sense, doesn't it? I'm fine with that, but I also don't really want to do that because <laughs> it makes me feel sad. I'm like. I save rewatching games for the summer when you get really desperate. Yeah, I was gonna say we got plenty. I mean, we've got obviously we got playing games tomorrow to watch. Then we've got AEW on Wednesday to get us ready for the the, the whole thing starting on Thursday. And games Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I mean, yeah, we've got plenty. We got plenty of basketball to watch. I know it made it's upsetting that Louisville's not in it, but I mean, it, it best maybe Providence can cheer us up like St. Peter's did last year. It's not I, till late. I hate anyway. Kentucky's role. I mean, for me, I love it for them. I hate it for me. You don't think Kansas State can? You think they're gonna get by K State? I'm gonna tell you why a little bit later. Oh, that whole region sucks. The whole I've never hated a region as much as I hate that region. Every <laughs> team in it, it just just sucks. It's, it's it's not it's not ironic that or it's it's it's, it's kind of weird that two we talked to all going into the bracket there were like three teams that we thought were just upset ready, and two of them are in that bracket. Every and, team that I thought was like yeah they're, they're not the making it Virginia. Weekend. I mean that's like the only one I think that we had in that circle is like our. Our upsets to happen is the only pretty much to make every it. team that I was like I'm gonna take them farther than everybody else. I think they can go to the final four. Is in the West region, and pretty much every team I was like I'm gonna pick them to lose in the first weekend when everybody thinks they're going to be really good is in the East region. It drives me crazy. Uh, a texter has outlined they've been keeping track of some of your Trevorisms. They want to do this Trevorism tournament. <laughs> they want to make it. They have, they've kept track of it. They're doing better than I am. They've got kindled spirits. Apparently, you said that. Wait, hold on. Before we move on, what's wrong with that? It's kindred. Are you sure? 100%. Yeah. They've got mute point, moot point. <laughs> that one I hate. They've got, is, these are all Trevor quotes or things you've said. <laughs> Knows it from front to bottom. <laughs> if I'd spelled it, I probably would have spelled it at OSC as well. They've got becking call. <laughs> What's wrong with that one? It's beck and call. Why does it got beck? We mean, you know, it's, it's beck and call. It's not becking call. We've, we've, we looked this one up when you said it before. Still stand by it. A madness to his method. Yeah, that's <laughs> that one I know I've used. Then they just say Trevor is trying to say vilified, maybe. Unclear what he was saying, but he said vindified, could have been vindicated. Bill, Bill and, yeah, I can't do that word. Yeah. Old Medicine Crow. It's right up there with the full on the philanthropist thing. Oh, yeah. Pastrami sounds like Pilates, maybe, is apparently a Trevor quote. <laughs> Rhyme to the reason. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's mine. I still don't know what's wrong with it, but okay. It's there's no rhyme or reason. Unce to me, I forgot that one. <laughs> Again, I'm not seeing the problem here, but all right. I mean, you say vent apparently instead of a vet as a coach. A, a what? Vent. Vent instead instead of a vent instead of vet. V e t like veteran. <laughs> that an in in there. <laughs> You said apparently kids are newborns until they're four, five, or six. <laughs> well, they kind of are. Your quote, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're newborns until they're out of the diapers. Quote, didn't they nominate the hot girl from Colorado? I think this was a reference to <laughs> oh, Lauren yeah, Bover. The house, the house I thought that's who they did. 
Trevor, what is her name again? Lauren Bobert. Yeah, she's not too bright, right? But she's the, the gun-toting girl, yeah. Trevor thinks he can pull vault. Apparently, just on the list. <laughs> Trevor refuses to listen to podcasts sped up. <laughs> and then Don't Salad get me Gate. started on that one. Salad Gate. Is, it's a solid list. I mean, we got a whole bracket almost there. We pretty much do. I think that's like 16. We got, it's a sweet 16 right there. I'm surprised, like, uh, Pterodacto and... Uh, that was early on, Rutherford Show. Yeah. Pterodacto. <laughs> you did learn what letter it starts with, though. Well, it starts with a P, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. I kind of knew that one already, I think. Is that right? I thought... For, I can't remember if... I remember... Yeah, it, was, it, wasn't the, it wasn't the first letter that was throwing me for a loop. It was the last. Somehow thinking it's Pterodacto. <laughs> I still don't know which one's which, but oh well, either way. I can't remember the other one. There was one that Mary was like, he knows. He, he's just... He's joking. And I was like, no, he, he doesn't. I can't remember what word it was, but it, we were, I remember we were, it was like during the summer. Cause I remember we were walking the dog uh, <laughs> that night and she's like, there's no way she's like, she's like, he, he knows. Um, but I can't remember what it was. Well, the fact that I don't know the ones you've said, I've knew I, that I thought were right or wrong anyway. I'm not going to be able to probably guess which one you're thinking. Yeah, I know. Texas says the last Cardinal great to wear goggles was Juan Palacios. Hopefully Dennis is the same or better. I was, I, you know, it's funny he brought that up. Cause I was going to, I was about to say, is he the first one to do it? And I remember Palacios. But those are only two goggle players. This will be our second goggle guy ever, right? And Juan was, you know, he wasn't just straight goggles. He only wore it because Rajon Rondo cheated and poked him in the just, eye. Yeah, yeah, viciously just gouged his eyes out like a wrestling match. Um, I can't think of another one. I don't. I don't think I don't we've know had how Rondo wasn't charged for that. Oh, he should have been thrown out of the game. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how we didn't have how we haven't had another like Rex Specs player over the years. Well, if anything, then we need this to be this. We deserve this to for our, our pain and suffering for the Elliot Perry days. He does look goofy as hell, and I love him so much already. Like just the way, just the way he looks. I'm like, I love this guy. I just remember when I played at little league. I played with, I can't remember his name. Was Jimmy something? I know he played on the Spurs, the team that wore the black shirt, and he wore goggles, and it was just always freaked me out that he would. Oh, I had he, a friend who wore goggles. Yeah, he was because I'm like 10 years old. And he's, he's a little guard play wearing the goggles, and I'm like, <laughs> I had a, my best friend wore goggles growing up all the time. Just it was great. Uh, Texture says, I feel that our philosophy on NIL has changed as of late. I've got no idea. I, I don't know what's going on. All I know is we're getting kids. That's all that matters, isn't it? That's all that matters. That's all that matters to me. Texas, if this staff doesn't have a true lead guard, a facilitator first to break the D down and take care of the ball, it doesn't matter who they add. It's more of the same. Uh, partially agree. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can still improve by adding other pieces because we need them, but yeah. I mean, but we're not going to be tournament good without no, having the, a floor general. We should definitely be more in four wins good, but. We should. And, and by the way, Scott Moore does not fall in that definition to me of what Clark, you just described. Scott Clark, I'm sorry. He, no, he, Moore's receiver. I mean, his biggest issue at Illinois is he was insanely turnover prone. He turned it over on like a fourth of their possessions, also, which so, for also, a team that was the worst turnover team in all of power conference basketball, that's understandably a little bit of a PTSD deal for us. He also pretty much took for every four, for every one, two, inside the three point line shot he took, he took four threes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, he shot like I think he shot like forty percent from the field and is is I mean that's no, not 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 what I'm looking for hopefully he was he he wasn't great during this time in Illinois you, you have to hope that it's kind of like a a fit deal yeah I mean he shot thirty two point three percent in away game he shot forty one point one percent from the field thirty three point three percent from three which is not terrible um, but the, the 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 turnover rate he had a Basically, an even assist to turnover rate. He averaged two point one assists and two point one turnovers. The also, if you watch the the defense, he seemed to get a little bit lost. Illinois does the, you know, the I think they switch everything that man to man defense, and he 
just didn't know what to do. Which is, I mean, young guys often struggle with playing a different defensive system at this level, but he's going to have to. I mean, for a program that whose biggest issues in year one were defense and turnovers, his biggest issues himself as a freshman were defense and turnovers. So that's you know, maybe it's a perfect marriage. Who knows? But we're all going to have to work on those issues together. Texas, remember when Scott had all those great players committed to Louisville and none of us were overly confident that he could coach them? Well, I'm feeling like that right now, but I'm even less confident. I, I get it. We're all, everybody knows the situation. But you have to at least, like, we can't sit here and be, you, you, we don't want to be miserable the entire offseason. Getting these players at least gives us a shot, right? Four months doing that. Yeah, I mean, we can't, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to, I refuse to spend eight months being like, well, who cares? He got this guy. But he can't coach them. Like it would be a miserable. Maybe it winds up being true, but it make for some boring ass radio. And it's also not the way. I mean, I, I'm trying to go into year two with as much of an open mind as possible. I want to get a roster that on paper looks like it should be able to compete, and then we'll see if the staff can do it. And guess what? If if he can't get it, if we do wind up getting some high profile transfers, landing these five stars, and we suck again next year. We'll get to turn the page. That will be I'm, fine. I'm going to have four months of like complaining. I, that's what I'm going to agree 100% with you. Give me at least the offseason to have op- blind optimism at its best. This gives us a shot, right? I mean, l- listen, if it's anything like last season, it'll be very early in November that I'll have already we'll probably know. tapped out. And we'll know my, my next few months is going to suck. And, you know, what, what's going on? I, let, at least let me have a little bit of joy and hope. Before I come down the stairs on Christmas morning to find out I didn't get anything I wanted. And if he wins at a high level with them, awesome. Awesome. Best case scenario. Let's roll. Let's let's keep getting recruits. Let's keep winning. And let's see how far we can take this thing. And if he doesn't, we'll fire off these jokes. We'll start talking about coaching replacements in like December. And then we'll see what happens. But (laughs) but for now. We'll talk about how great Jeff Brom did. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to just gloss over getting Dennis Evans or getting Sky Clark or getting Trenton Flowers. He's doing what we wanted him to do. And that's all we can ask during the offseason. And Whatever happens with them, happens with them, and we'll react to it when we get to the he's actual. He's starting games. to do what we want him to do. He hasn't done it all the way yet. No, but he, he's I, getting. He's he's making the first steps forward, progress forward in the right way. But he is, and, and I mean, let's, uh, let's uh, not like say we won and we go home now. Well, we're getting Clark and we're getting Flowers. That, that's 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 fine. We're, I mean, we're, that's, we're getting the players. He's getting the. He's doing what we wanted to do during this offseason so far. And again, we're less than a week into it, so I give him props for that. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll take some more texts from you guys at 502-414-1450. We can also start talking about the men's NCAA tournament if you want to. We'll look at the draw a little bit, get TK's thoughts. Keep it locked right here. Hour number two on the way next. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 The Big X.
He's on dance floor. Tournament. You know it. There we go. With somebody who loves Even though this one still does bug me, you know why. Why? Told you the story. Probably. Fourth grade lip sync. Oh, yeah, that's right. Horse from Sugar on Me was stolen away from its championship. <laughs> Three girls thought would be cute to do Whitney Houston. <laughs> I love the grudge. I even had, I even had the, the, the blow-up air guitar. and My buddy took the bandana off his leg and threw it in the crowd. The groupies went insane. You, did everything. you checked every box. We met the criteria. <laughs> we, did. we were not selected. We were, there was four of us? Um, hey. there's, there's, there's three of them. There's only one with Houston. What the hell, man? Speaking of dancing, the Louisville women's basketball team, they are dancing in the NCAA tournament. Our, our drummer even put his arm in his sleeve. I mean, we, it was, it was, we were accurate as you could be, man. We've got Jeff Walls talking about the NCAA tournament tonight on the Jeff Walls radio show, which returns from 7 to 8. They'll be at Parlor Pizza downtown. Uh, you can listen to all the action on 970 WGTK, your new home for Cardinal Athletics. Again, Jeff Wall's radio show, 7 to 8 tonight, Parlor Pizza, downtown Louisville on 970 WGTK. Mike Rutherford here with Trevor Kelsey on a Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. Now, you know the transfer portal opened today. The transfer portal is open. You know what else opened today? Tell me about wrestling. No. What? NFL free agency. Oh, what's going on there? Who the Lions get? Well, the Lions did pick up uh, uh, Sutton out of Denver, the uh, the defensive back, which is a nice upgrade for them. Love Sutton. Uh, but the the big the big guys have been the team you hate the most because ever since they traded the first pick, you've been just anti Chicago because you just hate all their news updates. Pretty much. Uh, they have been one busy bear today. They uh, they just picked up Tremaine Edwards from the from the Bills. It's a huge signing, and they also. For four years, seventy-two million apparently, and we also picked up former Eagle T.J. Edwards. So that middle linebacker position has been filled already for them. There you go. And they also they signed two Eagles today. I signed our uh, Eagles. Unfortunately, lost three starters today so far. T.J. Edwards, the Bears, uh, Isaac uh, Sumanusis. Who cares? He's gone now. Uh, to the uh, the Bears as well. Our left guard, and to no surprise, uh, Javon Hargrave, the defensive tackle, uh, also left. On a positive note. Jason Kelsey announced he is returning for one more year. Hey, I don't so. care who the Bears get. It's our division now. We're the Kings of the North. They're going out spending a lot of money. We went five and one in the division last year. We're not going anywhere now. It's our division now. We're, we're taking over. They're they're it's they're us. they're they're trying. They're they're going out spending. They're they're making it rain over there right now in Chicago. They don't care. They they can do whatever they want. Y'all, you know what? I like that. You're like you know what? You go out and buy all these new shiny toys. We didn't need to do that because we already had the toys. We're just going to upgrade the small things we need, which is like defensive backs. We're already fine. We're good. Okay. Which is the exact opposite of what we've been saying with Louisville men's basketball all day. We're like, we got entirely new players. Yeah. We got, but the lines are fine. Lines are rolling. The UVL cards were not rolling this year. So big difference. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. We took some text there at the end of hour number one. We'll take some to start hour number two before we shift the conversation to the men's tournament and the draw and all that good stuff. A texture did point out, because we were talking about Juan Palacios and the goggles. Brandon Jenkins did wear goggles, too. And he was a— Did he? I don't— He did. I don't remember that. He did. He, he wore goggles, famously blocked the game-winning shot against J.D. Collins, potential game-winning shot at the end of the West Virginia game in the Elite Eight in 05. So that's—we're two for two with goggles. That's twice in, like, the last three days we brought up that, that play. We were talking about Brandon Jenkins. Yeah. In the, not on air, though. Not, we on like, not we about talking, goggles. We were talking about that uh, off-air. That's right. I forgot about that, yeah. Love BJ's. <laughs> 
<laughs> not the only one. <laughs> Texture says, uh, props to Minnesota fans for being pissed about Evans. I didn't know they had it in them. I've been amazed. I mean, really? Oh, my God. I do, I, so whenever these recruiting people make their announcements with posts, like so-and-so chooses whoever, like they'll tag team accounts to try to get more attention. So I always get tagged in like the 24-7 sports or the on three. Like Dennis Evans has committed to Louisville. And so I just, my mentions until I like untag myself, it's just just people ripping on whoever the kid's committed to and like Louisville fans arguing back. And the vitriol that we got from not just Minnesota fans, but Missouri fans, because they were going after Evans as well. Just all the, you know, the the low-hanging fruit jokes. They used to be about strippers and stuff. At least now it's about actual on-court results, where it's like, maybe they'll get to seven wins next year and stuff. I'm like, you know, it hurts, oh, but it, it. <laughs> it's better than the, 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 the get some hookers and get some cocaine. Like, it's better than that. So maybe steps in the right direction. But it was so annoying hearing all the Minnesota fans acting like they have some sort of superiority to us in That'd basketball. Be people of Minnesota and Missouri is looking like down Like, you guys won, us. like, eight games this year. Congrats. <laughs> uh, and Missouri also doing the whole, like, you know, why would you ever go to Louisville right now? I'm like, you know, I mean, congrats. You were a two-seed once upon a time ten years ago and you lost in the first round. Like, <laughs> get over yourselves. I mean, but, I'm sorry, when was Missouri's last Final Four? Exactly. Like, it, it's... It's obnoxious. I can't wait till we start winning again whenever that happens just because these jokes are already old. But, man, the Minnesota fans were furious. Missouri fans were also not happy. Um, and I finally had to be like, I can't. I, I can't deal with Louisville fans fighting with these guys all the time. Just just let it go. Guys. I'm so baffled why he was even committed to Minnesota. Because like, when it comes to Minnesota, if you ever look, I mean, look through Minnesota's history. The only time they get big recruits are only local kids. I mean, the last, like, major recruits they've got, like a Royce White who was from Minnesota. Right. Uh, the Joel uh, Pazisca guy who was from Minnesota, the center who was a big recruit for them at the time, and he ended up being a lottery pick. And I want to say there was one other one I'm forgetting, short of Dave, even since Dave Winfield also, was, who was from Minnesota. I mean, they're usually Minnesota guys when they go to Minnesota if they're a big recruit. That's why I was somewhat still surprised a kid from California was committed there. They had the... Chris Humphreys played there. He was a big Humphrey, that's the th- yeah, thank you. I knew and, there was another one I was forgetting. And he's a Minnesota guy. He's a Minnesota guy, yeah. And recently, when Richard was there, they had the big guy, Oturu. Remember him? The seven-footer who was so good? Minnesota guy. He's a Minnesota guy. Yeah. That's that's all. They I do did. a good job of keeping their guys at home. I'll give them that. But besides that. But that's, so, yeah. that's pretty much it. And unfortunately, Minnesota does not produce talent the way it does hockey players. You, you know the biggest recruit they've had that I think is... Somebody can fact check. I would be willing to bet in the recruiting era, this is the highest-ranked player who's gone to Minnesota, who hasn't been a native Minnesotan. Do you remember uh, Isaiah Washington? There was the Jelly Fam. They had this, this group of high school players where they all, you know, they were guards. that They wouldn't dunk, but they would do these crazy layups when they had fast breaks. They called them the Jellies. The name sounds familiar, but I don't, not the Jelly, the Isaiah Washington name sounds familiar, but I could be. Well, anyway, he was a big-time recruit, went to Minnesota, kind of sucked, and didn't get along well with, with Richard Patino. He, like, took some shots at Richard and took some shots at Rick, and then he transferred to Iona, which then hired Rick Pitino at his beautiful. <laughs> when Rick got announced as the coach, he just tweeted out, "Oh, f word," <laughs> <laughs> and ended up entering the transfer portal like 15 minutes later, uh, which was just hilarious. But he never ended up amounting to anything. But there was so much hype surrounding him, he felt like he should have, you know, he he was whatever. But I'd be willing to bet he's the, the highest rated player because he's a New York kid, uh, not to, outside, not from Minnesota to go to Minnesota. Which it was a weird deal when he went there anyway. So they're few and far between anyway. But props to the, the Golden Gophers for still having some pride for some reason. I can't tell you where Bobby Jackson went from, so maybe that. Maybe I've got no idea. That would be, yeah. He'd be pretty good one, though. 
Well, I mean, what year would that be, though? We took him to the Final Four. I know, but, but that would have been before, 97. like, yeah, I guess recruiting rankings were around by then. I, I'm just trying to figure out if the South Services had started by then. Oh, well, yeah, I don't know how you would have really defeated the star. I mean, you would have known if he was a decent recruit, though. I don't think he was McDonald's All-American or anything, but. Yeah. I mean, he would have still been probably above a three-star. I think he was a decent recruit. And I'm trying to remember, they had another guy on that team that was decent, too, and I'm drawing a blank on Maybe it's just because Bobby Jackson was the guy that played in the NBA as well. Texture points out, we sent Mots to Minnesota for a player to be named Letter, and that player wound up, wound up being Evans. <laughs> nice deal. That's man. exactly what we did. We, tra- we gave you Stockman. We get Dennis Evans. That's why deal. You matched those as a player, too. So it's Providence. Speaking of Providence. Yeah, they owe us a player. They owe Kentucky something, too. They got, I mean, that's, that's a juicy game. I enjoy I mean, the— couldn't, I mean, there's— I, it, will you forgive Noah Locke if he drops like forty on? Oh my him? God! Yes, Are you kidding me? I think Providence kind of sucks. I mean, he's due. I mean, he's you know he's like oh for like twelve against UK. I, I think know. in his career, maybe third team's the charm for Noah Locke to get a win over UK. Here's hoping because I don't think Providence. <laughs> I don't think they got it in him, but I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I agree. Um, but then again, I've watched UK lose to Vanderbilt. And, true. I mean, I've seen UK implode more. I'm telling than, you, that whole region sucks. I hate every team in the even the thirteen. I'm like, I hate Tennessee so much. I'm going to pick him to lose in a four thirteen game. And Louisiana is the one thirteen where I'm like, I don't think they can beat them. Any other thirteen in the draw in the in the, the they got Jordan Brown though. They but they've got nothing. Like they don't. Who hasn't had Jordan Brown in the last three years though? Yeah, they, they've got. I don't think they're going to win that game. I don't. I think I actually, I, I was big on Tennessee being an upset, but I think Tennessee at least makes the second round as well. Uh, Texas Sky Clark's getting that bag. Yeah, probably. I mean, I would think anybody that comes to the team is, isn't it? I mean, it, it certainly sounds like nil. I kind of hope they are as well. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it certainly sounds like NIL has been on the uptick, which is, again, perfectly legal, perfectly above board. Let's get the recruiting going. Uh, Carter Bryant, yeah, you want to read the benefits? Come on down. Why not? Texas, have we had any more of our players announce that they're entering the transfer portal today besides the three, three freshmen from over the weekend? I was really hoping to hear that Wheeler and Withers had at the very least. Absolutely don't want to see either one of them return. Um, we have not. not. that hater, though. I mean, like- yeah, I mean— I mean, I'll take him back. I, just don't I don't think you need to be concerned about. Certainly, Wheeler seems like a, a a foregone conclusion that he'll enter the portal. I did. I think it's the only real announcement that we've had one way or the other from anybody, and it's not even an announcement. But Trainer sending that tweet out today seemed to be kind of a, I'm ready to come back, yeah. and also and also maybe like a little of, hey, they want me back, which is cool, because um, the other decisions seem to be mutual like like we don't really want to come back and they clearly don't want us back so let's bounce but we'll find out i think more as the the weeks go on kenny Payne said he was going to have conversations individually with all these players about you know do you deserve to wear the uniform all that good stuff i think there's still probably some guys who are going to be told you maybe don't deserve to wear the uniform and the announcements will keep coming as time goes on but for right now three players out all the true freshmen trainer sounds like he's coming back we've got Dennis Evans coming in. We're probably going to have Scott Clark coming in and Trenton Flowers potentially if he can reclass coming in. So that's you know, one back, three out, three more in. That's so three out, three in so far. Who would would you say you are upgrading? Upgrading? Yes, for three. Sure. Yes, three losses would be. I guess we're, we're losing. Basili lands and um, uh, Devin Ree. Yeah, which I mean, two of them we kind of didn't see much of anyway, but still. Was it the, the timing was very awkward? So Ree announces on Friday that he's entered the transfer portal. His birthday is Saturday. So happy birthday to, to Reed. Like the, all the social media accounts still put out the birth like Kenny Payne tweeted out like happy birthday to like, you know, at 
Diree or whatever. Well, he can still come back. Just because you're in the portal doesn't mean you're leaving. Well, but also, like, he wasn't technically in the portal, you know, because you couldn't oh, enter the portal. Monday, so, yeah. technically, he's still a part of the roster. It was just, I, I, I had to imagine, like, the social team had, like, a conversation about it. Like, do we, like, how do we handle this? But they went ahead and, and wished him happy birthday. And I saw that he responded a couple of times and was like, thank you. So, clearly the right move. It, it would have it would have been kind of a D move to not wish him happy birthday just because he entered the portal kind of 12 hours though, earlier, man. you know? It's a little awkward. It was awkward for sure, but I think it was less awkward than it would have been if you just hadn't said anything. I mean, he's not like he's coming back. <laughs> Still, I, I, I think they did the right thing. Right. Uh, Texas says, as great as freshmen are for momentum in the program, only one freshman is a top 100 scorer this year. You either get transfers or you fail. Totally. Who is that guy? Um, I think, <laughs> was it Kamari Lands? I think so. I think it was. I think it was Baselli. I think it may have been Fabio. Shout out to Brandon Miller. The answer to the every stat about freshmen in college basketball this year. Uh, it was pretty, who let him score in? Brandon Miller. Who let him in felonies? Brandon Miller. <laughs> pretty much. Awkward, awkward starting lineup introductions. Brandon Miller. Does it kind of shut quick aside? Does it kind of surprise you that that hasn't been more? Not mentioned uh, once no, 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 because it has been mentioned. More of a hindrance for the team. Because this happened, it's been talked about everywhere. Like, they're rolling right now. And Miller is not, it has not been an issue for him at all. They had a couple of games that were kind of close against subpar competition right after the story broke. But they dominated the SEC tournament. Like, they're looking like a a well-oiled machine going into the NCAA tournament. They're the number one overall seed. Like, if anything, this has made them stronger. It's it's bizarre to me. Well, they only had, what, four games since it had short of the SEC tournament. Was the two of them were on the road, and the two road games were A&M, which they won. And South Carolina. And they South they Carolina. haven't lost. And the South Carolina game was close. That was also the first game post just uh-huh. the news and everything. And you kind of, I mean, that, that South Carolina crowd, well, you knew what it would be. And and, and we saw that Brady Mitchell dropped 41 in that game, I think it was. So, I mean, I was I was surprised I didn't hear them talk about it a lot. much. They didn't really bring it up during the selection show, at least I noticed. I mean, maybe they did. I don't he know, brought it up at the very beginning. Gumble did. did when, okay. when he announced them as the number one overall seed, it was one of the first things he said. That. But I did, I did notice, like, while they were talking about him, you could still see in the bottom of the screen how Miles was officially being charged or something like yeah. that. I'm like, well, uh, I, I'm sure it'll be brought up at some point during the game. I don't know if it'll – I mean, I don't honestly think Brandon Miller – as, as he's lost a, a second of sleep over it. Nadox is like a super villain, man. Like, like he just your hate and your negative stories just make him stronger. He just feeds on it. Like he loves it. It's good, just, good. It's shot. Like, I, I kind of I want to pick up against them in the NCAA tournament because I feel like this is going to the, the, the deeper they play, the more it's going to be an issue, the more it's going to be a distraction. But they just like Jawan Quinterly. I don't know if you saw the clip after their SEC semifinal win over Missouri. He got asked like by some dude who ended up like changing his account. Like somebody was just like, "Hey, so with all this stuff going on, I got to ask this. Like, do you own a gun?" And he to was Brandon like, Miller to Javon Quinterly. Oh, Javon Quinterly. Okay. And he was just like, "No." And it was it was a very awkward interaction. <laughs> but they're gonna keep getting questions from people who want to be on TV like that, and they're gonna get some valid questions that are gonna be tough to answer as well. And I don't think it's gonna bother them. Like I I think if they're going to lose, it's going to be for strictly basketball reasons because they have an yeah. off shooting night. But they're they just seem to be, for however, very apt at tuning out the outside noise, which I guess good for them. Like I don't, I don't know how to say. I don't know how to talk about that. I guess I mean Maryland would be an interesting matchup with them if Maryland get past West Virginia. Virginia, Virginia can get to Sweet Sixteen, which 
I didn't like Virginia, but their draw doesn't really make me scared too much. That could be an interesting matchup with that defense versus that offense. I mean, it's I don't know if Alabama's gonna get upset before the Elite Eight, but you know, they could. Yeah. I don't foresee it happening too much though. Texas, I'm impressed by some of the gloom and the doom of possibly getting three former or current five stars in a week. Ranks right up there with, I just won $10 million in the lottery, but that just means I have to pay a lot in taxes. (laughs) Isn't it ironic? There is. Yeah, that's a pretty solid comparison. Except with the the lottery, you know the money you're getting, you're going to get. There's no guarantee that we're going to win games these games. He's somewhere like the the cop in Shawshank. Oh, my brother left me $50,000. Then the IRS is going to take a chunk out of my rear end. Texas, don't forget that Trevor isn't putting the horse before the cart that's carried over from the KRC days. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, you don't. <laughs> I do. Not until you don't want to put the horse before the cart, I mean. Texas, geez, I'm talking about the picture of Scoots on Twitter collecting TK's money and giving the weakest L's down of all time. Oh, that's what I said. I brought, Is that what you put yeah, on there? No. Well, he said on Scoots' Twitter. Twitter well, he I doesn't have any that, pictures. Yeah. I didn't see this. You didn't see me tweet out. Do you not follow me on Twitter anymore? Did you? Just I, I follow following? you. I just you muted it. me, didn't you? No. Oh, I see it. You muted me. I didn't mute you. I'm looking at you right now. They <laughs> <sighs> yeah, gave the L, but he only did one finger. It's it's a. It looks like he's doing like a get your guns down. But I don't care. Was why he has his tongue out. He looks ridiculous. <laughs> he looks like he's yeah, kind of creepy. It is. It's a very creepy picture. He he got and he got to like right as the commit they were announcing the the, the brackets. I'm like I paused it. To go meet him out, like to go get, to go meet him outside to give him the money, and he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Watching the selection committee." He's like, "Is that on right now?" Jesus, scoots. I'm like, "Dude, your team is actually going to be named in this. At least, I, why am I watching and you're not?" This was kind of a big picture for Scoots, and he kind of blew it. Like, if, if he nails this picture, he's holding five one hundred dollar bills. Yeah, he's throwing L's down. He just won a big bet. This could be like this has Twitter avatar potential. But I think he looks too creepy for him to use this. <laughs> the tongue out is an awful choice. That's not him looking at that's just Scoots. That's just the way he looks. <laughs> the tongue out, the, the tongue out was just a terrible decision. He made it in the heat of the moment. He chose poorly. It ruined what was a big now, picture there, for him. There's two picks. I took one first one I took, he wasn't using the L's down. And I was like, well, I did not told him to give me an L's down because I figured it was appropriate for the bet. I mean, it's, I gotta do everything. He, even even with the rivals, I've got to help them. You got to help trolls troll. I still got to, yeah, I got to help the trolls troll. I mean, gotta, how much weight do I got to carry here, people? <laughs> I'm already pulling 400 pounds on my own waist. I got to carry your little butts too. Good lord. Oh man. You wonder why my back hurts so much. Uh, Texas. I thought there was no way that Kenny could get me excited for next year, but he's doing it so far. Now he's going to close out on these guys. I mean, I. Seemed kind of easy there, buddy. <laughs> he got pleased pretty quick. I mean, we got like really one guy technically. Well, we're gonna get Clark. We're gonna get Flowers. I know. I'm just saying. But yeah, I'll be excited to see like when we get deeper and deeper in the summer. Like I will be excited to hear reports coming out of practice. Although I'll take it with a grain of salt after some of. Well, you, like last year, the reports out of practice were like you heard some like there's like Kamari Lands is looking great and doing all this stuff, and then you'd hear some people would come out just be straight up like. Oh my God! <laughs> like, like it is terrible. Well, we heard how good James was this freshman year, and it turned out to be pretty decent. Well, that was player. a different coaching staff. True, and the lands, the, the thing with lands, I kept thinking about hearing was we need sophomore lands. But yes, we, Payne we, would say that. Yeah, we need. We He's got to be a sophomore need, or junior. Sophomore junior kid. Yeah, that's and that's where I think did not of, get that. <laughs> if we did, I, I mean, that's where whoever gets them now. <laughs> well, I saw that the uh, 
I think there was a Jake Weingarten of um, Stock Risers, his, his little account. He put out a list of the players that are looking at or the teams that have contacted Kamari Lands today. Yep. And it was, I mean, it was kind of what you expected. He's got a number of high-profile suitors. Uh, he's been contacted by, according to Jake, uh, Arkansas, okay. Dayton, St. Okay. John's, Oregon State, LSU, and then Portland is what he said. Uh, mm-hmm. So kind of odd that Syracuse hasn't reached back out. You thought he might be going back there since he was originally committed there, but a number of programs have reached out to him. Am I the only one that thinks Portland sticks like a sore thumb in this list? Yeah, well, Nike money, I guess. Maybe they're flashing that. I don't know. <laughs> Portland Pilots, something just like randomly in there. I mean, it's... Um, speaking of laser game, speaking of West Coast Nike teams, I just saw that Damon Stoudemire, I guess, officially is going to be the new coach at Georgia Tech, which I told you last night was going to happen. You did, and I, I was like, wasn't he like at Columbia or something coaching Pacific? Or he something? was at Pacific, did a good job there. Did he have a losing? I thought he got fired. No, no, he left from his own accord. But he had a losing record. I thought his last year. I don't think so. He took he all I know is he when he got there they had like three wins. And he did really well for three or four seasons, and then he left for the ticket a Celtics assistant job this year. I didn't know. That's why I didn't know he was. I thought he was still at Pacific or just gotten fired, but still, I wasn't sure. No, he left. He was with the Celtics this season. I guess he still is with the Celtics this season. But I made. I said I thought it was going to be Pat Kelsey. I still think it would have been Pat Kelsey. I think some stuff happened, and now it's going to be Damon Stoudemire. But yeah, he's look. He did well at Pacific. And yeah. He, Took over a bad team, eight win team, went yeah, 11, 11, 14, 14, 23 and 10. He didn't have a losing record of the the short the COVID year. He went nine and nine. Yeah, so, I mean, so he did. Yeah. He was, I mean, he was well regarded. He could have stayed there. He could have taken. I think he, his thing was he thought he was going to get the Arizona job. It, it basically came down to him and Tommy Lloyd. They gave it to Tommy Lloyd. Job, I think that probably. pissed him off. I think he didn't jump for some other jobs because he thought he was going to get the Arizona job. So he ended up. He was like, I'm I'm done with Pacific at this point. Took the job with the Celtics, expecting to get another college job sometime soon. Boom, he's here at Georgia Tech. We also had today the news that... Uh, we can get revenge for the 94 game now on him. Damn right. You also had the news today that uh, Ole Miss has officially hired Chris Beard, which <laughs> shockingly moved very quickly. I guess that their due diligence into his background, you know, didn't they found what they wanted to find. He's all good. He's a great guy. I mean, nothing against Stoudemire. I don't know. Maybe he's going to be a great coach, but I just feel like there's... You wonder where the differences in the leagues are right now. Ole Miss, who's bottom-level SEC team, just brings in Chris Beard regardless of the, the 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 trauma that's with him. And Georgia Tech, who should be one, you know, a, a better ACC team, just hired just Damon Stoudemire. I don't know. I mean, he just came from Pacific a year removed. I think Stoudemire would be okay. I don't think he's a terrible hire, but certainly Chris Beard is, when it comes to just coaching, one of the ten best probably in, in the country, and Ole Miss yeah. just landed. I mean, look, SEC has killed it with coaching hires recently. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying just, you wonder why one, one conference is putting out a lot more teams in this tournament right now than the other is, kind of. Yeah, we'll see how they do. I know. No, no, they never start my, you know, he might be a good coach. I don't want him to be because he's at Georgia Tech. And I don't either. I'm still bitter about that 94 game. I mean, if it was him, Reeves, or anybody else on that team, I'd still be rooting against him. He did at least the next year. My brother was at Miami of Ohio, and Miami of Ohio beat them in the 12-5 game, the first round. With they, Devin Ohio, Davis. David Davis, the dreadlock guy. Damn right. I, I remember I remember watching that game in Spanish class. Miss Ross let us put it on the TV. It was during the day. I, I, yes. I, I went home from school early because my brother was yeah. home for school for spring break, and me, him, and my dad watched it. It was awesome. I remember that. I don't know why I remember being in Spanish class for that. Miss Manuel, you, how can you be so bad at Spanish? You're failing this class. Miss Ross, I'm failing English. What do you expect? 
<laughs> That's what I told her. <laughs> it's amazing your witticisms just didn't get you better grades. Oh, it did. She basically gave me I'd a bump. I bumped you up for that. Yeah, she did. I passed with a D. I'd have bumped I you up barely that, that comment alone. That, that she did too. <laughs> Texas L, Davion, and Sky are all guys who need to be guaranteed a starting spot, so I don't see a world with all three of them on the roster next year. Say, say it one more time again. He said L. Yeah, Davion and Sky are all guys who would need to be guaranteed a starting spot, so I don't see a world with all three of them on the roster next yeah, but year. You're starting two guards, the two of the three would start. Yeah, but he's saying all three of them would need to be guaranteed a starting spot. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I wouldn't guarantee anybody a starting spot, first of all. If you're playing that game with Kenny Payne, look, it, 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 th- those types of players, it never ends up working out. Yeah. And I can't imagine that Kenny Payne's doing that. I hope that he's not doing that with. If Sky Clark's saying, I'll come to Louisville, but I need to guarantee that I'm going to be the starting point guard, it's not going to work. I mean, the most famous example of that is D'Angelo Russell wanting to do it at Louisville and Rick Pitino saying, thanks, but no thanks. And he, look, he's a great player. He went to Ohio State. He put up some crazy highlights. Got it was a high draft draft pick. He lost in the first round. We made it to the Elite Eight. Like, that's, that's the way that it works. Like, those players, they just, it never works out from a team standpoint when you have that type of mentality coming into college basketball. That was in Sweet 16. Wasn't he been? A- this was 2015. We went to the Elite Eight. He oh, lost the first I was thinking round. he was freshman in 14, my bad. Uh, Texas says, not a lot of debate about bubble team. Oh, this is a long text. Um, <laughs> I will look at this during the break. This is, you're bubble breaking, teams, I mean. Breaking down the bubble, I'll, I'll have to look at that during the break. I, had, I, I did flip over to the ESPN coverage after they announced all the official bracket. I mean, right away. I mean, it, it's just... Dick Vitale have a contract to complain about somebody not being in the tournament every year. I think he knows that it's like a thing. Is it just he's doing it on purpose now, right? Yeah, he's, he, he's done it every year. It used to be like a, a, a cool thing when in, it was the 90s and people didn't know a lot about the mid-major teams and he would always take up for some mid-major team and like it kind of became and now I think he just does it. Well, it's not even mid-major. It. I mean, he took up Virginia Tech like three years in a row. Well, he would do that during broadcast because he and Seth were boys. But he yeah, would, but I he mean, would be like Princeton's a toilet's ridiculous. Like he would just he I think he now it's become such a staple. It's like Seth Davis picking crazy upsets right when the bracket comes out. Like Seth, you can't, you, you've picked no single digit seeds to win a game in this tournament, buddy. He's like, he's like, I'll t- I'm calling it right now. Like Vermont advance. I'm like, you've got a 15, 14 elite eight at this point, Seth. Pull it back. It's just ironic because if you go to ESPN, Seth Davis and everything, one of them is chalk across I, I, their board. Exactly. Except I, I, for Billis now is the exception. He had UConn winning it all. But I looked at it today and I was like, Seth, this is not what you were saying during this election show. You were picking every team to lose that was had, had a small digit by their name. Who was? I think Clemson was Dick Vitale's complaint for this year. Was it? I think that's who he was was upset about the Clemson. Thing. It was Clemson. Well, that or, makes sense because it's AAC, ACC. It was either Clemson or Rutgers, I think. It was one of the, It was one of those teams. Can we just say it real quick? So Clemson, first team in the history of the ACC to have an above 700 winning percentage and not get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament, and the first team in the history of the ACC to get a double buy in the ACC tournament and not make the NCAA tournament. And we basically single-handedly did that. I mean, this is the— If nothing else, we we single-handedly, by beating Clemson by 10, we kept them out of the NCAA tournament. It doesn't make up for the nine football losses or whatever it is at this point, but damn it. We accomplished one thing. The Tigers are home, and it's almost entirely because they lost a game to us. We impacted college basketball this year. Well, on one hand, I think Clemson should have probably gotten in. I don't think West Virginia should be in. I'm not. We're not going to get into the argument of conference records again. But they're a nine I, seed. West Virginia's who you're targeting as a team that should have been out. They were like six and twelve in their conference. They went seven and eleven yes. in the best conference of college basketball. <laughs> they should have done better. Point being, is Clemson, regardless. Even for a team, even 
for, so the fact is, we didn't make the tournament, yet we still got an elimination. We did. We 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 knocked somebody out of the tournament without even making the tournament. Beat that somebody. Try doing that. That's how impressive we are this year. We went. We had four wins, and by the way, ESPN called us out again for the Clemson argument of oh yeah, why they, they, they have ten, uh, every, every lost podcast, to Lola, Louisville, and somebody. I'm like everything that I've listened to today when they've been talking about Clemson is that I mean they've got some awful losses. They lost to Louisville. I'm like okay, we get it. <laughs> the words still hurt. No, it does still stink. We're aware of it, but you saying it out loud still hurts my. Feelings. But but I mean, how many teams can say that they, we we we're so bad? We we had an elimination with that main tournament. Beat that. We knew we were going to bust somebody's bubble, and it turned out it was Clemson. Oh, we we popped that thing all over the place. Now, if you are Clemson, like their biggest gripe, and I get it, it's frustrating. They're like NC State got in, they won two fewer conference games than we did. We beat the absolute piss out of them three times, including last week in the conference tournament. We beat them by twenty six. It is frustrating. Like I know, just thinking about when UConn won it all in twenty fourteen, how like we had blasted them through. We beat them by thirty three, and then beat them uh, by ten. Five days later in the conference tournament, we, we were clearly better than UConn. And to see them advance further was frustrating. And if you're Clemson, I, mean, I guess you have to understand it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work. Head-to-head doesn't come into play. But it's got to be frustrating when you're on the outside looking in and you're like, we're clearly better than that team when we play them. This has to suck. But, again, don't lose to Louisville by 10. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, if we didn't put NC State in, then we wouldn't have the fun <laughs> NC State Creighton. Back and forth, zero defense, a thousand shots taken in that game. Now, what if that's going to be a fast-paced, high-scoring game? Somebody's probably going to be by thirty. How but. about this, real quick? What if so? That some of these analytics they do take into account margin of victory, and some of them will cap it at like a double-digit loss versus a single-digit loss. What if that three-sixty dunk by L. Ellis at the end of the game that meant nothing that pissed them off so much? What if that single-handedly kept them out of the NCAA tournament? <laughs> Then he truly did put him to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> then we can't get mad at him anymore for that. He officially did it. Now I kind of want to figure out like if that came into play. I want to see like what their did it did it knock them down in the net rankings? Did it hurt their you know their, their Ken Palm or whatever? I think, I think Ellis's new nickname should be Nap Time. But no. <laughs> Nap Time Ellis, the Bedrocker. Um, bed that sounds. I don't know that we should use that with our history of the last couple of years. Especially maybe. the way I said it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you made it weird. We maybe want to hold it. The Tiger Tamer. Let's wait about 10 more years before we start doing some of those in there. <laughs> Anyways, it made me happy only because they were so pissed off about the dunk. Remember Hunter Tyson was like, you guys have three wins. And Mike James was like, we've got four. And held up and played the board to him. Um, so because they were so pissed off, it made me happy that that single game basically kept them out of the NCAA tournament. We did that. Yeah, hang. Put the banner up in the home center. Kept Clemson out of the tournament. No, no one, no one mocks us when we hang a banner. <laughs> don't yeah, <laughs> don't talk smack to us. We'll knock your ass out of the tournament. Yeah, the ban- banner's one and zero, and one and zero in postseason play now too. Apparently, well, it's not one and zero because we lost after that. But it was one and zero on that. It's one and zero on nights where it gets unfurled. I think we've lost every game after that. <laughs> it was our last win of the season. We did not win again. But if you're gonna win one game in February, early February, and have it be your last win. Make it you know mean what? something. Our last one was in early February. Clemson won numerous games after that. And where did it get them? The same place they got us. Nada. Right here. Well, they're in the NIT. Oh, ooh, ooh, we're in the NIT. I mean, I'd like to be in the NIT right now. Not really, because I mean, I'd rather be in the CBI. It be something we could win. Real quickly, what do you think about <laughs> Carolina turning down the NIT bid? Because some people are pissed off about uh, it. It doesn't bother me at all. Normally, it would bug me a little bit if you're. It depends on the team, but North Carolina is a team that's pretty much not going to be bringing anybody back next year, more likely. 
I mean, I doubt Davis and, and Love return. I know Baycott's not returning. There's a good chance Nance bounces as well. I mean, therefore, yeah, I, I say who cares. Turn, But it does kind of make me look a little snotty, doesn't it? I mean, uh, For sure, but at the same like, time. When Indiana turned it down a few years ago, I was kind of like, no, you've got a team of underclassmen. Maybe it's best to get out there and get them some more playing time. And for a little while, I would say the same thing. I wouldn't want to turn it down because but North Carolina is a veteran team. They're not gonna. They're gonna have all new faces next year. It probably doesn't matter. And let's be real. We turned it down in twenty twenty one. When turned we were, down eighty seven as well. We turned it down and said, you know, we we got out in front of it and said, you know, we're the alternate for the NCAA tournament. That's all. Like we're not accepting an IT bid. Duke turned down a bid in twenty twenty one too. And I, I get where, but like some people are like the sanctity of the NIT. Get, I mean, come on. Like the NIT is known for punchlines. It's fun to have. Other basketball to watch when NCAA tournament games are happening. It's good, like you said, for some teams to get experience for inexperienced players. It's nice. I like that they do the thing where if you win your conference regular season title but get upset in your mid-major, low-major like conference tournament, yeah. you automatically get a bid to the NIT. I think that's a good deal. Uh, get Those teams deserve to be rewarded in some way, shape, or form. But to act like North Carolina has some sort of obligation to the basketball gods to play in the NIT, I think is a little bit too it's too far. If they don't want to play, don't play. Like, why make them go through the motions? I mean, why just get embarrassed anyway? I mean, you know what happens? UK loses to Robert Morris when you have to go through the motions like that. Just <laughs> yeah, to play in the... the Which, don't get me wrong, I loved. I but did. if they'd wanted to, to... you know, I think in hindsight, John Calipari probably wishes he'd turned down the bid. I don't think he's like, I, we had a moral obligation to play in that, that field and lose to Robert Morris on their home floor. I think he probably wishes that they hadn't just played. I mean, they lost it. They had to lose there because we took away their home. Which was great. Which is even better. I mean. All right, let's go to break. When we come back, uh, we'll continue on this conversation. Oh, days. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll read some more text here as we wrap up the second hour. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on a Monday on Cracking over this thread, I need to tag you on this on Twitter. This guy did this, I guess AI, these artificially created uh, images oh. of presidents as professional wrestlers. <laughs> They're hilarious. <laughs> They're really good. I mean, let me, let me show you the first one. So we need the YouTube cameras. But this is, I mean, this is George Washington. It's the very first one. That's <laughs> the Rock. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's well done. Uh, uh, well, before you get into that, uh, okay, two two big new free agency. NFL agencies going hot and heavy, just like uh, the Elaine's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, your lines again are active. Uh-oh. Who we they, get? They have re-signed Alex Enzaloni, uh, the middle linebacker. Okay, I'm good with that. Very good middle linebacker. I like bringing him back. And can you take a wild guess on which player just became the fourth highest paid player in NFL history just now? The fourth highest paid player in NFL history. Signing a four-year deal worth $16 million a year. 
I guess uh, it's in their position, I would assume. I mean, I know who signed today for less money than Derek Carr. Somebody signed. Uh, was uh, it was Jimmy Garoppolo signed earlier today? He he got technically traded to the, the trade, Raiders. but he's he's making less money than Derek Carr. This player just signed with the Falcons for four years at sixteen million dollars a year. Who is it? Be Jesse Bates from the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, so the, he's now looks like probably one of the highest paid safeties in the NFL. No surprise, well deserved. He's a really good safety, and uh, Cincinnati loses big 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 loss there. But no surprise. That's why they went and drafted Draxton Hill from Michigan last year in the first round to kind of replacement safety for him for this year. They were aware of that happening. There you go. So There's your update on the NFL free agency right now. For those that aren't following Ian Rappaport like I do. There you go. Um, <laughs> I saw Trent Flowers just tweeted out the eyeball emoji. Hmm. Like everybody's like doing this thing where it's like, Ooh, what does all this mean? I'm like, we, we get it. Like Every sign in the world is saying that Flowers is coming to Louisville and Scott Clark's coming to Louisville. Uh, like we... They're, they could not be less subtle about all this. And I, I love it. But everybody's like, oh, look at this. I'm like, yeah. It, it, it's not like they're like, there's no hidden message here. They're openly saying we're all coming, which is I'm great. Wa- I'm going to save my excitement. No no disrespect to those guys, but I'm going to save my excitement for the, um, the, the transfer guard from another program. Okay. I, I'm with you. I think that I know a lot of people are, I think this is great news. It's solid for... I'm not going to be mad about it. No, it's great for the perception of the program. It's certainly good for next year. I think this gives you a roster that's better than last year's roster, which is the first step towards being significantly better than last year was. I'm with you, though. I think if we're going to get our hopes up for potentially being good enough to make the NCAA tournament, you still have to land a couple of big-name transfers. But with, with what we're doing right now on the recruiting show, with what it sounds like we're going to be able to accomplish moving forward with what sound, seems like an influx in the NIL game, I have some newfound faith in our ability to get that done. Let's make it happen. Let's make get this rain. roster going. Let's go. Uh, 502-414-4TV is the Thornton Sex Line. Speaking of making it rain, it's snowing outside. This is ridiculous. It's March 13th. Is it, it was just a second ago. I told you, the snow flurries. Oh, I didn't notice. I didn't even think it was that cold. I'm wearing a t-shirt. I didn't think it was that bad. It's freezing. It was like 34 degrees when I came No, out. now, Friday was cold. I think it was Friday or Thursday. When we- it is 15 degrees colder than it was on Friday, right? Oh, now. I felt it. I thought it was chillier on Friday. Well, it doesn't matter what you felt. Like, it, it is. It was, math is math. Numbers mean something. Well, yeah, tell that to, to your boy Mark when he says it's not 100 degrees, and I can point out that it has been. You can point out in your car. Math is math, Rutherford. That's not, that numbers mean something. Official numbers mean something, yes. <laughs> it was to say your numbers are officials and mine aren't. The meteor, American Meteorological <laughs> Society. I didn't know you were a member. I'm not. They relay their numbers. <laughs> I'm also not playing basketball, but I can read the scores. Um, so it, it, it's cold. It's snowing. That's how you know it's cold. It's gross. I hate it. Come on. I guess I should pull down a hoodie. But it's not. Yes, dude, we should be, that should be in short weather now. Well, you should be, but you also should not be wearing a t-shirt right now. It's too cold for that. Yeah, but I got some. It's, I'm, I'm kind of padded up a little bit. So. Uh, texture says... <laughs> The, the guy who sent in the Sweet 16 of Trevorisms says these are all only from only times that I've texted the show. So God knows <laughs> God knows what else exists out there. That's true. I mean, I'm sure he's forgotten. There has been some. I, I don't even remember all the ones I say. So I, mean, I don't either. Bravo to you for remembering them. I wish I remember more. Somebody said, I totally forgot about the unst to me. That's my vote. Unst to me was great. <laughs> We got Kalitas. We got to get that on there. Yeah. I'm, I still I can't remember the one that blew Mary's mind. I feel like it was a color. 
was was it beige? We were talking about some shade or something, and like she just she could not get over that you didn't know that it was the word. You talking about you about the Florida State thing? Not the burgundy, not the the. I mean, that was a good one. Yeah, the maroon and gold. Yeah, there was another one though, and I can't remember what it was. You tried to claim like you tried to invent a color for them or something. No, I I I told you what their school color was. It's and maroon. You, you refused to acknowledge that it's not it's maroon. It's garnet. That's the one you made up. Texas Trevor. Not like garnet is what you get on a plate with like celery. That's not. That's, that's garnish. Once again, we had this exact same conversation before. Texas says Trevor's essentially our version of Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. "Quote: It's all water under the fridge. Get two birds stoned at once." I think I have said two get birds. I, I thought it was. Is it water over the dam or? The water under the bridge. Over the dam and under the bridge, right? I don't. I, all I know is water under the bridge. Isn't there water under over the dam too? I don't. Never heard of that one. Is that that's, that would be for bad thing though, right? Wouldn't it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, depending on who you are. If you're a beaver, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so if, I'm a, if Oregon State's having a rough time, it's water over the bridge. Water over the bridge. Or no, no water over the dam. <laughs> yeah, I guess what I'm at, if it's a bridge or a dam, if the water's going over, either way, it's bad. Water breaking the dam. Yeah, that's it. Texas, in imagination land, Louisville just won the ACC tournament. What seed did we earn in the NCAA tournament, and how is it anything but a 16? Oh, we would have been a 16. There's no question about it. <laughs> would we had to do a playing game though? That's that. That's my. I don't think we would have. I think we would have. We would have had what? At least one quad one victory. I think we would have. That would have kept us out of Dayton. We would have been a 16. Maybe we would have been playing Kansas. That would have been the funniest first round matchup of all time. But unfortunately, masterpiece hope. That's what Jay was shooting commercials today. Jay was like, "Did I hear masterpiece predict that we were going to win the AC tournament?" I was like, "I was like, he it was more of a hypothetical." He did seem confident, <laughs> but we only came up five games short. Have you talked to Pete since the show? I've not. I've talked to his people, but I've not talked to Pete directly. I like you talked to the presenter. Was that the young lady who was in here with him? Or? Uh, his agent and some of the other people, yeah. No. They got big plans. I, like, I want to get to the point where people like, do they think when to talk to me, they have to talk to my people. Talk to your people? I don't have people. Would that just be me? People want to talk to you. Like you got to go through Mike first. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, my people. I texted Mike. Patrick. Trevor will get to you when he gets to you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Texas says, uh, Mike, how are you going to feel about losing? Uh, I can't. Where, where did that text go? I don't know what just happened there. That's weird. Uh, oh, Mike, yeah. how are you going to feel about losing Jamal Williams to the Bengals? Would be a good solid addition to the Bengals backfield when we let Mason walk. I'd be heartbroken. I love Jamal. Heart and soul of the team. Yeah, you're not getting Jamal Williams back. I know, which sucks, but I get it. But I love him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too depressed. He's a replaceable player. He is, but also like he's he's soul dude. He's heart dude. He's the the engine of the team. I mean, DeAndre Swift is the more talented back, but he's also he doesn't have the he's not a vocal leader. And Swift Williams can't, was. Swift can't be the number. You've got to have a guy to rotate them. Swift can't stay healthy all year to be the number. He can't. Also, he doesn't want to. He he's yeah. not a goal line back. He's not. I like. I liked him too. I just he's just too small. Philadelphia native, by the way. Texas, I know, um, I like how we know all these things are Trev says wrong, and Trev immediately's first response to every single one is, are you sure, or what's wrong with that? I don't see anything wrong with that, but okay. No, not all of them. I still don't get the honest one, and there was another one, too. I didn't, I don't, I still have doubts whether you, I think you're just screwing with me a little bit. He said, add Garnet, Garnish the list of Trevorisms. By the way, Trev, Garnet isn't a made-up color. FSU is Garnet and gold. It's maroon! He doesn't believe it, yeah. Texas says, Coach Payne flipping his attitude on NIL in real time and then sends in a gif of 
I guess who I don't know what this is. Somebody getting money out of an ATM and smiling. Yeah, that would have to be probably Chubby Chase, isn't it? I think so. The, the gift. Let me is, see it. It's freezing on me. I can't. Oh. It's hey, just the money. It's got to be the Chubby Chase Vegas vacation gift. That's the more popular one, where he's getting the money out before he goes. It looks like based on where this froze, it could be Chevy Chase. I'm going to take your word for it. Yeah, I know it's a popular gift. Texas, I may have missed the first bit of the show, so you may have said this, but have you heard any word on McKnight from Western? No, but I think it's still a very solid. Has he officially? Has he entered the portal at all? Not to my knowledge. Okay, that's all right. But I mean, you know, Western now has a head coaching vacancy. Uh, they officially fired Rick Stansberry over the weekend. They're not going to get Will Wade, who did take the McNeese State job, which was a little bit of a surprise to me. I know, I guess maybe he wants to hang out closer to home, kill it at a low major for a couple of years, and then get a, a big-time job again. But I know people, the powers that be at Western, a lot of them were very focused on Wade. I still think Crean's trying to weasel his way into that job. We'll see if it happens. But maybe McKnight wants to see who maybe McKnight wants to see who Western hires before he makes the decision one way or the other. We'll see. Texas says, wasn't there a really good shot blocker for Baylor who wore goggles maybe eight to ten years ago? Yeah, that was the uh, Isaiah, um, the, the kid who ended up having the the condition that, that ended his basketball career. They honored him oh, at yeah, the, uh, the NBA draft. draft. What was his name? Isaiah something. Was it Isaiah Matthews? Isaiah, what, what was Isaiah? Isaiah Austin. Ah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. He had goggles. He was awesome. Yeah. I forgot about the goggles part, but yeah. Texas Royce White went to Iowa State. He did, but he went to Minnesota first. Started Minnesota, yeah. Right. yeah, and then put out a very bizarre "I'm retiring from basketball" video. He was, uh, I said, mammoth of human beings. I said behind him, Iowa State played Kentucky in that tournament. That's right, right. And I was just like, this dude's humongous. He's super talented, yeah, and too bad he couldn't fly. Very, yeah, yeah. And now he's, I think, trying to run for office. He's become like a super conservative wannabe politician. Yes, <laughs> really. Yeah. He's always been out there. Uh, he's been an interesting interesting guy to hear from. Texas, are we still interested in Churchill Abbas? I believe so. I think that they're still hoping to get him. Texas, there's going to be some cheap tickets for sale in the Elite Eight game in Louisville. Not a lot of traveling fan bases in that region. It is, I mean, yeah, Bama is the number one seed. They could play Virginia, which their fans are very, very, I think. I thought we were the East region. We're Bama's region, whatever that is. South. Oh, the South. Okay, I thought we were the East with Purdue. That's what first when I first saw it. I- but Virginia could come and play here, which they have fond memories of 2019. I think they would, I think they would travel well for the tournament. Bama, you know, Bama will still travel. They, you know, they're not a big basketball fan base, but the fans they do have are are art. And then they're Bama fans everywhere. They're just typically football fans. There's no travel. Yeah, somewhat. There's just, just say it, Mike. Bama is, it's killing it. Yeah, sorry. Come on. Oh come on. No, I mean, who's the first announcer go? Brandon Miller hasn't seen a shot he doesn't like. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's hard. Like with all the the euphemisms that you use talking about basketball, you do see like unintentionally it's almost impossible to avoid stuff it's like impossible. that. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, Texas, I do like Arizona coming out of that bracket. I think. I like. I mean, I still I haven't filled out an official bracket. I've just either. taken like a once over at it. I can see Arizona winning in that region. I, I mean, Bama though. I just I keep looking for reasons not to like them. Because I, I, I didn't like them in the middle of the season, long term, and they just they they solved a lot of the issues that plagued them the last couple of seasons when they were good but were flawed. And Miller's Miller's incredible. Like I, every time I watch him play, I'm like, this dude is unbelievable. I can't believe somebody's going to get him with a third pick this year. Texas says, remember that that time Kenny Payne thought he could recruit high level basketball players in 2022 without using NIL. Yeah, we don't we don't know for sure he's using nil right. 
Maybe he's just sil- he's using maybe he's just silver tonguing him. He's using NIL. Where you we we're using NIL. I'm I'm thrilled about it. Look, let's just say for the sake of saying, because if we if we start landing all these players, which looks like we're going to, and next season is a market improvement and we get going on the right track, I I will stand by this take. There was still no excuse for last season to be as bad as it was. I hope things change, but the fact like it won't change the fact that we had no business ever winning only four games in a season. Of course not. But some people are going to be like, see, it was it was fine. We told you. We told you the whole time. And I'm like, no. like We had to wait for that cloud to be lifted. We had to wait for the cloud to be lifted. No, we could have gotten players last it year. It was all about the cloud. Yeah. Uh, Texas, Damn you cloud. <laughs> Texas Sky turns the ball over off, and he's bad on defense, and he's not good in the locker room. PTSD is an understatement right now. Well, <laughs> that was at Illinois. Things can change. Change of scenery, change of coaching staff, fresh start, all that good stuff. Texas, I have a Trevorism to add to the bracket. Uh, what about TK not understanding what a one-hit wonder is just because he only likes one song by someone, even though they have Oh, well, are you trying to defend Lord and her one-hit wonder? You called Bieber a one-hit wonder. No, I said, no, I didn't call Bieber a one-hit wonder. You said that baby. Yes, you did. You said that baby song. He's a, he's a one-hit wonder <laughs> well, to me. Well, that's the only song I know by him. Exactly. And you said you called him I a one-hit wonder. I didn't call no. Lord is a one-hit wonder. Robin Thicke, yes, Davey Yates, if you're listening, is a one-hit wonder. You called like some other people that were that had like fourteen number one songs, one hit wonders. No, and you you justify. I want I want I want I want audio proof of the Bieber one. You called Bieber a one hit wonder, but I don't know it was Lord that you got all angry about. I did get all angry about Lord. When in twenty years we're gonna look back and you ask a thousand people Lord's song, they're only gonna know one song anyway. No, that everybody in the text line said Lord's not a one hit wonder. She's one hit wonder. Sorry, hate to break it to you. New Zealand, you can hate me all you want. She's a one hit wonder. She's not from New Zealand. Oh, where is she from? Is she from England? No, she's from like. Is she from New Zealand? She's from yeah, she's not from England. She's from. Yeah. I, thought, I always thought she was English. Well, I mean, in that, I mean, New Zealand's closer to English than us, right? Uh, that's debatable. She's from New Zealand. You're right. Yeah, look at me. Yeah, see. Maybe you do know your Lord. I know my Maybe Lord better than you do. But how do you know her? She's just a one in wonder. I'm I, I'm in touch with the New Zealand culture. <laughs> I ate plenty of kiwis. I, love, I was a fan of the Bushwhackers. I love rugby. Are the Bushwhackers New Zealand? <laughs> well, they that was their their gimmick. They weren't really. Fun. I was about to be. I mean, I was no. already stunned by Lord. I was about to be super stunned by, by the no, Bushwhackers. The, the funny thing was, you know, the Bushwhackers for the corniness that, that was in the WWF. Yeah. Like before they got there, they were like a hardcore wrestling tag team. They were like known for being like vicious and heel, uh, hardcore heels. Oh, really? And then they yeah they were obviously at their later stage of their age when they got to WWF and. Because they had a, an accent. Vince Man's like, let's make them from New Zealand. They can lick their head and act goofy. And I don't remember that. <laughs> we remember the Bushwhackers being goofy. Right? Yeah, yeah, the whole walking around yeah, thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I don't remember them, yeah. And the, the gimmick was that I don't, I don't know where they're really from, but I know it wasn't from New Zealand. Maybe they were from. It's, it's funny. I enjoy it. Um, second break. When we come back, 5 o'clock hours up next. We haven't really talked about the men's draw. We'll have some primary takeaways from that. Uh, we take more of your texts as the hour goes on as well at 502-414-1450. Keep it locked right here. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X.
greatest music video of all time? I think only the Eddie Murphy and Rick James video was there more <laughs> cocaine done on the set of a music video. Than that sounds about right. I think that's the only one that can match this. I mean, it has. That's the only way I can explain the the mannerisms and the the, the looks that they give each other, the outfits they're wearing. We're, yeah, it, it, it's so weird. It's so bizarre. I think you and me should reenact this video. I'd love it. That'd be great. Wait, no, are you gonna be Bowie or my? I, I, I can I be Bowie? <sighs> I want to be Bowie. You're so Bowie. It's Bowie. It's Bowie. Five o'clock hour here. Trevor's playing dancing songs because it's it's dancing time. At least we're watching people dance. You know, much like uh, me at college parties, just hanging out in the corner, watching people dance, not participating. You went. You went to. I mean, you went to school dances, right? Oh yeah. You didn't dance when you went to school. I did. I did. Just I'm making a bad joke. I mean, I I kind of assumed you may have been like. I could see you still being the guy in the corner even the school dance. Really? Yeah. No, I, yeah. yeah, that was fun. I mean, it's not my favorite thing in the world. I'm not like a crazy dancer, but I, I used to dance back in the day. I mean, I would end up in the corner to being rejected numerous times, but I still went out there. Yeah, you got to get out there. I got to get out there. You got to put it out there. You got to get out there. I mean, well, yeah, if you don't put feelers out there. For sure. Yeah. Uh, five o'clock hour. Speaking of dancing, congrats to the, the Sacred Heart Valkyries. They danced their way to a third straight state championship over the weekend. Uh, the Valks now only program. They'd already been the only program in KHSAA history. To win three straight girls' titles, they did it back actually when I was in high school, 02 to 04, and now they've done it again. Zakia Johnson, just an absolute incredible player, 30 points in the state championship game. Hopefully, she's going to be a card in a couple of years. But congrats, to Sacred Heart. One piece of news that we have not talked about, uh, sad news. Well, from where you, you do that, just okay. a little update. Uh, Temple has officially parted ways with Aaron McKee. That was quick. He's like, he's been here what three years now? Three years. I, I want to say because after they got rid of. Um, um, oh God, who'd been there for so long that got moved on? Um, it was the guy that replaced Cheney, wasn't it? Right, who'd been there for forever? Fran, uh, Fran Dumphy. Dumphy, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't even forget the name Dumphy. I think <laughs> McKee's first year was the year that got canceled by COVID. So this twenty, bad, 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 this is year four. Still kind of quick, but they've been. They just, were bad this year, though. I remember. I think cause I remember. I I thought they were better for some reason than they were, and you were like, no, they've been. They had a horrible year. I think they were super average, which in the AAC is 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 bad. But I know they lost Cincinnati in the conference tournament, but I, I don't think they were, they were. I think they were like an average team in an average at best conference. I mean, they went sixteen and sixteen this year. There you go. I that's mean, that's average. You can't get much. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, COVID was the worst year. I mean, yeah, no, only one ring record: fourteen and seventeen, five and eleven in the COVID uh, pre COVID post COVID year. Seventeen wins last year. Sixteen, yeah. That's Taking over enough. a team that had been in the tournament the year before with 23 wins. Yeah, that's not good enough. No, no. Uh, Temple now, they also find themselves in a spot where they've got to capitalize because the AAC's losing, you know, Cincinnati's gone. They're losing Memphis. They're, they're you know, they need, they're losing UCF. They need to capitalize on that. And, you know, Aaron McKee wasn't getting it done. McKee was only the third coach or fourth coach since 1974. That's nuts. Don Casey, Cheney, Dumphy, and him. Uh, we'll talk about the NCAA tournament, the draw for the men's side, because we haven't really gotten into that yet. Coming up in just a second, but sad news from yesterday. Um, one of, uh, I guess, the first Louisville players that I really remember following as a kid, Felton Spencer, uh, passed away at the age of 55. The Chief was, I mean, I've told the story before about how when the Timberwolves played the Bullets at Freedom Hall, I do a family friend had gotten to go in the locker room afterwards. I was talking about, I saw Christian Leitner giving an interview, butt naked, which was weird. Mm-hmm. But I also got Felton Spencer. I had a, a trading card of him. I got him to sign the card. He was the nicest dude alive. 
Uh, it was one of the just those moments that you remember forever as a kid. I think it was one of my the first autographs I ever got, and certainly one of the first ones that I ever got like in person seeing him do it. And it was so awesome. And I'd gotten a chance in recent years to uh, talk to him at like various U of L things. And I talked to him a couple of times when I went to Bellarmine practices and, and saw him with the team when he was an assistant coach there back in 2017, 2018, and was always just so cordial, so nice. Everything that you heard from other people about him wound up being true, which is always refreshing when it actually happens. Um, super, just great guy to talk to. Always never act like he was above you or anything else like that. And to hear that he passed away at 55 was very disheartening. Still Louisville's all-time leader in field goal percentage, shot 62.8% from his first career. Was one of those just throwback big men who slowly developed over time and then really hit his stride late in his college career and ended up being the number six overall pick in the Lottery NBA draft. Pick, yeah. yeah, he was, and he played, had a lengthy career, played for, I think, seven different teams over 12 years, something like that. He was, I mean, just a, a fantastic person. And to hear that he passed yesterday was one of those just gut punches that you know you don't I mean, expect to have come. He's fifty five years old. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. Yeah, you don't you don't expect it. And I'm kind of right there with you. You know, I'm a few years older than you. I mean, I was, you know, eight nine years old when I started really getting you know to to brace like college basketball in Louisville as itself. Before that, it was more wrestling, NBA only, and baseball. But uh, yeah, he. I mean, right there, you know, up one of the initially you know big guys that. You know, and as a kid getting to see him, you know, he's just larger than life looking at 17, mm-hmm. 207 pounds. And, you know, see, didn't get to see him and doing a vignette with Mr. Perfect in, in the WWF when he's with the Tim. Do you remember the Timberwolves vignette? What do you mean? When he did the wrestling vignette with Mr. Perfect. No, I don't. You've never seen that? No. Go to my Twitter. I will check it it's out. It's on there. He's still, I think I posted it. Felton's still the only former Cardinal to be in a WWF vignette. Uh, Mr. Perfect did these vignettes with all the Minnesota. He did one with like a. Anthony Carter, who was a Minnesota football player, and he did one with uh, somebody on the baseball team. I think I don't remember who it was. It wasn't Kirby Puckett at the time, but and he did one with uh, a basketball player from Timberwolves, and it turned out to be Felton Spencer, where he's like hitting jump shots and felt. Oh like, wow, he's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so cheesy yet great. I gotta watch it. And I uh, I got to, to play radio with Felton a few times, including not too long. Uh, it's, I guess it's almost been ten years, but several years ago. And, that was my first questions about him was how was Mr. Perfect on the court? <laughs> like, you know, I don't want to talk about anything else, but of like all the Felton stories I could think of, I mean, I don't know if I can top, you know, getting his autograph while seeing Christian Leitner naked is, is that, but you don't forget it. It's hard to forget that. But, uh, I, one, he was you know, a fan favorite of mine early as a kid. Cause he just, he was that perfect. I was at that age where college athletes were still larger than life because they were older than me as well. Mm-hmm. It was just, you look at them as like NBA talent level, regardless of, whether NBA town or not, even though he was. But I always think of when I was working in one of my video stores, um, and J- it was the one in J-Town, so it's been about 1999 probably, 98, maybe late 98, early 99. And I was working out there, and uh, I remember I just, we were, this dude was in the store, and I mean, big dude. I mean, you can't help, I mean, probably 6'9", six, 6'10", six, 6'11". Six, six, and I kept staring, I'm like, who is that? Is it, I can't. I, I, he's got to be a basketball player. And he comes up and, you know, as if you work in a video store, last name, you know, put in your account. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't Felton Spencer for the, for spoilers. I don't know if this name rings a bell to you. His name was Chris Gatling. Yeah. Chris Gatling, who played at Old Dominion, was a first-round pick by the Warriors. Uh, they took him and Vic Anders Alexander in the first uh, first round back-to-back picks. Uh, Victor would be more known for being the one that chunked him, dunked on him, pointed out afterwards later in his career. But... Gatling, was his, that's who it was. And I was, remember being, and I knew who he was, knowing I'm a basketball nerd. And 
it's not that many years removed from him playing. In fact, I think he was still in the NBA at the time. And I was like, can't ask me, well, what are you doing here? You're not <laughs> from Louisville. You're from, you know, you went to Old Dominion. And he said, I played with Felton Spencer at Golden State my rookie year. He talks so much about Louisville. He said, I moved my mom here. Oh, wow. And he's like, that's, you know, he he was, I, we moved down here. And, and I don't think he lives here now. I think Chris Gatling's actually in jail, if I'm not mistaken. I think he went to prison for fraud. But, um, which, by the way, he's also running an adult film with that day. Since <laughs> 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 he's in jail, he can't do nothing. I'll throw him under the bus on this one. He was getting an adult film that night. Uh, so, but that's just, I just remember being like, that's insane. Like Felton, you know, a teammate to talk about how much he loved being here in Louisville, Louisville and how much he embraced the city and being from here as well, you know, convinced a random dude who grew up and lived his whole life in New Jersey to move down here and move his mom down here. So that's just kind of the things I think about wow. with Felton is, is the kind of, you know, how much he, he, he embraced this town as well. For sure. Super sad news. I mean, 55 is. Is, is way too young and he had, I know he coached at Spalding in recent years, coached at Bellarmine for a few years, and uh, you know who knows what he had left in store. But certainly it was it was he had some good years left, and very sad to see that news yesterday. Kind of definitely put a damper on on Selection Sunday. But I mean, it was just it was just the icing on another cake. Like I said, I told you yesterday, it was like the worst Selection Sunday ever. Yeah, it was bad. Scoots collecting Felton news. I mean, no cards. My recliner doesn't recline. I mean, it was just like, what's next? I'm just now saying. Ducky gets a good draw. Ducky did get a good draw. I'm just now saying on the website, somebody has put together, I said this jokingly, <laughs> that I wanted somebody to do this, put together a list of all the records that this team broke this past season. I can't read it. It would take the entire, this is a long post, but uh, that's that's impressive. But the most men's, of them are still from the 40s, though. Well, yeah. I mean, some of them are, are kind of recent, but they're all they're all embarrassing. They're all bad. But we're moving on. We've got Dennis Evans. We're going to get Sky Clark. We're going to get Trenton Flowers. We're going to get Carter Bryant. We're gonna, better days are ahead. We're, yeah. go, we're going to be fine. But for right now, we are not in the NCAA tournament. We found out the draw last night. Did you watch? You said you watched the whole selection show, right? I did, yeah. I can't. You, know, you can't quit. Even if I wasn't writing about it, I was going to be watching it. I can't. Oh, of course. I can't not watch the selection show. It's a holiday. But... Oh, I was watching. I mean, I had the game on leading into it. I mean, I was yeah, I was ready for it. As exci- as much as I love the NCAA tournament, even when Louisville's not in it, it does like hearing the the CBS jingle and like remembering all the nerves that I used to have. Like, for, <laughs> it just like, I couldn't help but just like sigh internally when it started yesterday and just be like, "Damn it!" You know, it just it it sucks not being even when we've known for months that this day was going to come and we were not going to hear our name called. When you actually get there, it's still a gut punch. And it was definitely a gut punch yesterday. But the bracket's out. My initial thought, and I kind of said this earlier, every team that I've been spending the last few weeks being like, I think I'm going to take them to the Final Four. I, I think like that's my squad. They're all in the West region. And the East region, I could not hate more. I don't know who I'm going to. I may take Oral Roberts to win the East region. I hate every team in this entire region. Now, in fairness, region. though, you did love Oral Roberts regardless. I, did, I mean, they you know they ran the table. In the your, you've been one of your favorites to talk about as an upset. Before. I don't like, and the thing is, I don't like their draw. I, know, I, I think they got draw. kind of a crap draw playing Duke, but I also think Duke is is flawed, is more flawed than people are giving them credit for, just because they've been so good as of late. I'm, how many times have we we seen the this team got hot right the last, right time and went and win their conference tournament, and then they come out and go flat and the NCAA one? It happens. We I, I think it happens more often than that. That hot team wins their conference tournament and then goes deep into the tournament. Especially when it's a conference that's not that good. Which, yeah. Like, is Duke really, have they really turned a corner with all this young talent? Or have they just been playing a bunch of teams that are just okay in the ACC? Uh, well, I guess we'll find out shortly. But they've got a good draw. Um, everybody in that region has a good draw. My primary interest was 
getting Kentucky in a game that I thought they could lose. I was hoping that they would fall to the seven line. When the West started popping up, I was like, please, please put them in here. Of course they get, like, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a pessimistic, nervous Louisville fan wanting Kentucky to lose. They got as good a draw as they could hope for. Like, they, Providence is, they've been kind of a dead team walking for a while. They're one of those teams sort of like Virginia, who was good, at the beginning of the season because they've got so many transfers and, and holdovers. They're so experienced, but they were, I think, closer to their ceiling at the beginning of the season than they have been late. I mean, they've lost five of their last six games, and they got, I know the final score didn't really reflect it, but they got stomped uh, by by Connecticut in their one Big East tournament game. And they lost at home to, to Seton Hall by like 30. In oh, the, by seven, by the way. I know, but they, they were they were down yeah. like by 24 at half. Like It was not close. The, the final score did not really reflect that. Seton Hall beat them by like 30 in the regular season finale at home. They've just been bad as of late. And I know you've got the attractive angle of Bryce Hopkins, who's been so good for them this season, who was a, a guy who transferred from Kentucky, originally was committed to Louisville. But I, I just, 6-11 games are, are sexy upset picks. I don't like this Providence team. I like the draw for Kentucky. Kansas State, if I'm them, does not scare me all that much. Like, I, I just... I'm not saying they're going to win all these games because Kentucky certainly has its own set of flaws, but this is as nice of a draw as you could hope for if you're UK, at least in my eyes. Uh, yeah, I guess. I'm not, I don't know. I haven't really done it by comparison to the other six seeds, maybe if you're going to put them somewhere else. But, I mean, being the fact I'm not really huge on Marquette either. I'm I mean, not either. I'm, I mean, I don't mind Marquette. I just think they I thought two seems a little high for them. Um, Would you like to hear something about Marquette real quickly before we move on? I'd be surprised if they don't get knocked out in the second round by either USC or Michigan State. One, Shaka Smart's lost six straight NCAA tournament games. That doesn't surprise two, me. Two, there have been, I always have this thing where like teams that were supposed to be crap going into the year and then dramatically overachieve, I just feel like they always end up underachieving when the tournament gets here. And to back that up, there have been a total of 32 teams over the years that have been unranked in the preseason poll and wound up being in the top 10 going into the NCAA tournament. 18 of those 32 teams haven't made it to the second weekend. 22 of those teams have wound up being two seeds like Marquette. 14 of those teams have lost in the first or second round. So it just, it kind of goes to show, it's great that they overachieve. They clearly have some, some spuckiness, but there's a lack of overall talent on that Marquette team. Danger zone. I think for them and, and Kansas State, who's kind of the same thing. Kansas State did not have high preseason expectations. Jerome Tang comes in. He might be coach of the year. They get up to a three seed. Those teams tend to kind of fall flat on their face when you get to the big dance. And I, I mean, all every team in this region, Trev, Purdue, we've talked about how they seem like a, a trendy upset pick because they don't have guards. Marquette and Kansas State, we just talked about. Uh, Tennessee cannot score on anybody. Um, Duke. Starting four freshmen, they've got a 36-year-old Maybe overseeded from, uh, from the hype of a, of a tournament run. Yeah. Kentucky's fault. Michigan State and USC, the 7-10 game, I hate it. They both suck. Nobody in this region is good. I hate every single team in this region. I mean, would it be shocked to see if Vermont doesn't pull off the 15-2? I'll be surprised if they don't keep that game close. I would would not be there. And I, would, and, and I know maybe I would lean towards USC or Michigan State because I do have a Andy Enfield you know, love crush a little bit sometimes. But I, could, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. I could Kentucky could get a fortunate bounce there, but I remember last time Kentucky thought they were going to get a fortunate bounce. They lost to Kansas State. Yeah, when that bracket just broke perfectly for them, yeah. they still. And I could see see Kansas State beating them, and I hope they would like to think they would. Please, uh, I do like your Oral Roberts in the Sweet Sixteen. I think they beat Duke and beat Tennessee. I'm not sure I'm going to pick it, but I, I I'm I'm picking it. 
I'm leaning now, towards it, but I'm not, I'm where not, I, where not I'm, there yet. Where I'm worried is what, is what I want to do with Purdue versus either Memphis or, a, or FAU, especially when Memphis played as well as they did yesterday. And the, I mean, is that a mirage? Am I gonna? I mean, I Purdue's up seventeen. I turned the Houston game on, and I'm seeing tweets about like Penn State. I'm like, they yeah. came back. Yeah, the, there's a seventeen point like five minutes to play because their guards are, I believe, the kids say duty. <laughs> what they call self check. The <laughs> young guards don't handle the bright spots uh, all I, that well, and, and they kind of panic. And I knew that watching them a couple times earlier this year that I felt bad for. And they were talking about Edie, like, will he come back? I don't see why he wouldn't. First of all, I mean, yeah. he probably should. But you, if they just had at least a little bit better guard play, I mean, he's so dominant right now that they should be an easy run to the Final Four, and they're not going to be because yeah, the guards aren't aren't up there at all. Um, I made that prediction last week. I was like, they're going to win the Big Ten tournament. They're going to sneak up to the top uh, to be at the last one seed of the top two. They're going to become a trendy uh, Final Four pick from some people, and I don't think that they're going to make it. Which the the second part of that, the last part of that prediction, I don't think has come true because I don't think that many people have them as a trendy Final Four pick. No. I think a lot of people see the upset potential that we're talking about here. I mean, they talk, but they can't bring it up. The last time they were number one was '96, which ironically they did lose to Georgia in the second round that year, mm. uh, which George Georgia would go on to lose to Syracuse in the uh, Sweet 16 on the. John Wallace three pointers sent it to overtime, but um, I mean, off the top of my head, I did like my my Indiana bet. I think Indiana got a nice draw with uh, Miami. If they can get Miami in the second round, Miami a team that's going to let you score back and forth. I think Indiana can get that win, I and mean, obviously with Houston, who I do love, but Saster's not going to play. I think Indiana got a tough first round game. That Kent State can play with them. I don't know. I haven't watched Kent State play as much, but Indiana did beat Kent State the last time they went to the Final Four in the Elite Eight. Uh, and one of my greatest all-time bracket predictions. I had yeah. Kent State in that Elite Eight that year. Uh, that's right there when I picked Wisconsin in 2000 to go to the final Elite Eight. Which is impressive. Yeah, I was all about Dick Bennett. I just, then mainly because I just loved to just brag about how. Just love the dick. I was like, you can't handle the dick. You can't handle Dick Bennett here. He's going to bring it. I was, I was around cardboard here. I was just making them laugh during that year. Uh, the only problem was I had, I had Butler in my uh, Sweet 16, and they got beaten. Mike Miller floater at the. Yeah. Kind of ruined my bracket. But I do like, like I said, in my I, I picked. I'm, yeah, I bet Indiana win the title. But I really, my bold prediction was them in the final four a month ago, and I like their odds. I mean, I think I'm just still not big on Texas. I don't know why Texas them got a seven seed. Yeah, that's surprising. Mean, that blows my mind. And then Iowa State, I, I was high on them last year. They, I'm not as big on them this year. I love that coach and the system he does. But you got to have some players in there. And they lost losing both Hunter and the other kid from last year. Their backcourt's a big drop off. And, I think I think Scoots. Hope you hope you stick your tongue out for this one too. I think I used to. I think they're they're looking at going to Houston. I, I think that they're to get past Houston and go to Houston. I am a little worried about the first round game. Like I like does that worry you the most of anything else in their matchup? Why? And, and I mean Miami could beat them for sure. True, but Miami with the way that Miami's not going to play defense, I could see Indiana outscoring them. And they've got too, the but, weapons to do it too. But my, I mean, maybe I mean. I think Miami's guards are way better than Indiana's guards. Well, that's uh, not. Yeah, but Trish, they're Indiana's front court's better than Miami's front court. Just off Trace Jackson Davis. It is, but Miller's a really good defensive player. Which, if they have a strength defensively, it's inside, which is odd for Miami. But I don't know. I, I would lean slightly towards Indiana in that game, but I wouldn't feel that confident about it. I mean, the 13 seeds, like we just mentioned, the Tennessee over the, in the in the East region. I'd pick any one of the other 13 seeds to beat Tennessee, but they they get a dream draw with Louisiana, who's not as good as Kent State. Or Iona, or I can't remember who's the third? Who's the other one? Um, uh, it's Iona and then um, uh, Furman. 
Furman, thank you. Like All three of those, I think, would beat Tennessee, but I don't know if they're going to beat Louisiana. Iona's draw with UConn, also kind of like... It's, I, I like that Rick gets a chance to play in Albany. He'll have nice support there, but I think UConn's good. Like UConn's a team that I probably... Like, I would have UConn winning the East region if they were in there. I'd have them winning maybe the Midwest if they were in there, but I just they're in the toughest region. The top three seeds are all so good. I know you poo-poo Ken Palm a lot. But the top four seeds in the in the West region are all top ten teams on, on Ken Palm. And I interestingly, Kansas, the number one seed, is the lowest ranked of out of those four. He's got UCLA at two, UConn at four, Gonzaga at eight, and Kansas at nine. So they it's just I like all those teams. I hate that they're all in the same region together. I also hate that UCLA is banged up, which kind of just sucks with Clark being out for the tournament. Bona, we still don't really know what's going on with him. Those are two of their best defensive players. They should still I mean they still I mean, I'm not big on Northwestern. I don't know how much Boise State play. But, I mean, I mean, it's going to come down to them against Zag, I would think, right? Unless TCU can some – and I don't have any respect for Grand Canyon knocking off Gonzaga. So, I mean, are we coming down – I mean, I'm assuming UCLA and Gonzaga are going to play in the Sweet 16. Probably. I mean, TCU's a live shot, I think. Yeah. Who do they play the winner of the – who's their 11? It's the the Arizona State-Nevada game. Yeah. Which they're gonna, they should win that game. Nevada as no who gets, who gets the Pitt Mississippi State winner? Iowa State. That's that's one where I can see Pitt knocking them off. I can see that 11 seed going past. Did them. you know? Since the first four became a thing with that large teams back in it was the year VCU went to the Final Four in 2011. Yeah, 11, yeah. There's only been one season where a team that's come out of the first four has not won a game in the main draw. It was a couple of years ago. Every other year besides that, you've had an 11 seed that has at least won one. I think like seven of them have gone on to the Sweet 16. It's always it should be a trendy upset pick. I can see. That's why I usually wait to make my official bracket until when. Like, I think Pitt can beat Iowa State. I don't think Mississippi State can. So I want to see yeah. who wins that game tomorrow night. I also want to see like Greer just being all nervous and <laughs> adds interest to me. I'll be excited for that. But Arizona State, I mean, maybe could get TCU. I don't think Nevada can. I don't think Nevada can beat Arizona State. Nevada's the one that I circle, and I'm like, they just should not be in the field. I know you said you talked about Clemson. I think Rutgers kind of got boned a little bit um, just because yeah. their their resume. They got dinged for having a guy hurt and then being three and six without him, which the committee is not supposed to take into account anymore. And yet they kind of use that as their example. In fairness, I mean, it's Rutgers. They probably just forgot they were around. I mean, I guess. But I mean, Rutgers, they've got four quad one road wins, which is three more than Nevada. It's four more than NC State. They beat Purdue on the road, which is maybe the best win you can have in college basketball this year. I just don't really. I thought that was kind of screwy. I don't care that much, but I, I think that they should have gotten into the field over Nevada. But those first four games are sometimes they're sexy. This year they're kind of gross. You got me. You, you well, give me give me a hot take tournament upset possibly or team to watch. G- give, give me something. Give me something out there out of left field. Uh, the kids watch the Lions grow. How about this? The last four three seeds to lose in the first round, all from the Big Twelve. That means put. Baylor on upset alert, who plays UC Santa Barbara, who can absolutely score on them. And then the previously mentioned Kansas State team, who plays Montana State. I don't think Montana State can beat Kansas State, but I do think that Baylor can lose to UCSB. I think I'm probably going to wind up picking UCSB over Baylor. I'm also flirting with taking Colgate over Texas. And I like Texas coming into the tournament a lot. Colgate... They kind of got screwed here as a 15. They they dominate the Patriot League. They're the best shooting team in the entire country. I mean, you know... The upset recipe in the NCAA tournament, it's almost always teams that can shoot. It's not—you kind of have to look 
past the teams that have had like a dominant 6-8 dude who just bullies the rest of the conference because you can't bully the power conference team that you're playing in the NCAA tournament. And Unless Colgate, you're Gary Trent. Well, he, I mean, Shaq in the Mac, he was an NBA prospect. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm talking about like the player of the year who's like averaging 16 and 12, but is 6 is 6, like, you know, 210. This kid was taller and played guard. You can't, yeah, you, you can't <laughs> feed him in, in the post against a team with like a 6'10 center, which is why you see those teams typically get smacked around. But Colgate is the opposite. Like they, they're the number one three point shooting team in the country. They're the number seven two point shooting team in the country. They've been here before. They dominated the Patriot League. The Hutchinson kid can absolutely fill it up. I'll be surprised if 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 Texas Colgate is not like a game that goes down to the wire. I think if Donald Foyle would approve that message. Damn right. Uh, I'm not big on Texas any, as is, so that wouldn't. That mean I said I like Indiana's odds and dumb Texas being the number two seed in that bracket isn't one reason why. The other being Sasser's health because I do like Houston, but if he's not healthy, obviously then. I mean, they're a completely different team. I, I mean, thought it was weird that they said, you know, he they're was— They're still not even giving anything out about him, I don't think. Well, they said he was going to play. He went through all the pregame warm-ups, like full, full tilt. Everybody's like, he's doing everything. He's going—and then just didn't play. And they looked not great without yeah, him. Yeah, no. I mean, they they need him. I mean, he's, the, the, he's their go-to guy. Well, if he doesn't play, they're not a title contender. I mean, yeah, he doesn't play. I mean, do they even get past even— I mean, I, get, I think they'd get past Auburn or Iowa, personally, but— I mean, I don't. Sweet Sixteen might be their limit at that point. I mean, I'll be just based on what after the game he was like. I felt a little sore in some spots. I think he he referred to the phrase that he used was playing it safe. So that says to me he's he's full go in the tournament. Like, like he could have played if it was an NCAA tournament game. He chose not to because they got bigger and better things on the horizon. So I, like I'm not as concerned with the Marcus Sasser injury as maybe some other people were. I thought it was weird too that Houston loses that game. They still get the number two overall seed over Kansas. Well, remember the committee says the Sunday games don't matter. Well, but they, but they no, they say they do. Although they didn't. No, behind closed doors, they tell oh, people they don't I matter. Can't keep it straight Seth now. Davis yesterday was doing this thing where he's like, "It's a common misconception." I'm like, "Don't do your CBS thing. We we know they don't matter." And the reality is, Kansas has ten more quad one wins than Houston. Houston did not play a tough schedule. They're they're good. They deserve a one seed, but they should not have been ahead of Kansas. And it's important because. Kansas doesn't get to play in Kansas City because they're behind Houston. Houston gets Kansas City. Kansas gets relegated to the toughest region of all time uh, in the West. It's like it's not a small deal. Maybe the AAC having its title game on Sunday wound up being a good thing for the conference. Of the of the of the number ones, where 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 do they exit if they exit at all for you? Uh, like I said, I haven't filled out a bracket yet. No, but just 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 doing a full, little glance. My head says Purdue loses the first weekend. Okay, I mean, obviously, are to you Memphis, saying, to Memphis or FAU, you think Memphis beats FAU? I think both of them can beat Purdue. I think Memphis will beat FAU. I think will yeah. beat Purdue. I think I, if not losing, I think Purdue is definitely has a scare in that game, regardless whether they win or lose. I think it would be very close. Bam and Kansas, I think, are the two most likely to go to the Final Four. I think Kansas, the Bill Self thing's a curveball for me. I tell you, if I'm Kansas, and maybe I should overlook Illinois, and I've been higher on Arkansas than I should be, but if they can get healthy, and I know they got smacked by AM in that SEC tournament. They can be a matchup problem. I mean, with Smith and and and, and Black, and I mean, they can if they're going to be healthy and with 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 uh, Musselman, I, I could see them giving Kansas a run. I can too, but they're also they. Fit, I don't know if they'll. They fit it. the mold of every underachieving eight nine team, where everybody's like, they "Oh do. boy, if they just start playing the way that they I have know. not been playing for the last three months," and that team almost always loses the eight nine game. Now, thankfully for Arkansas, they're kind of playing the same team in Illinois, who I think is the same version of them, just worse. I think they should be Illinois, and just and anything can happen. When and it's Kansas. I mean, come on. I mean, Bill Self is not exactly shy to get knocked out in the second round, but true. And or nor is Kansas in their own right. But I don't 
think they'll lose, but I mean, that's the game. Like, I'll be interested to see what the spread is for if they do play Arkansas. Top of my head says Purdue first weekend, Houston Sweet 16, Kansas Bam and go to the Final Four. I'm not committed to that. I want to sit down and, and think about it, but that's just top of my head. I'll say right now, Alabama's the team I have most confidence in the Sweet 16. Getting to the Sweet 16? Getting to the Sweet 16, yeah. Like I said, I think Kansas can I mean, get I think th- I have a lot of confidence in, all, in three I of just them. Don't, I don't 16. think Maryland or West Virginia can run with them at all. I've not been high on Maryland this year anyway, and I mean, they're just I'm an average you. eight seed. And West Virginia doesn't do that. I think Alabama rolls to the, to the Sweet 16. I'll be surprised. If, if Bama gets beat, I think it's in the Elite Eight. I, I, the, yeah, I agree with that. The top five seeds besides them don't really impress. Because they're the right. exact team Virginia doesn't want to play. It has a go-to score. They can they can and they can beat shoot them. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and then I mean, it becomes the lead eight. I mean, you're looking at. I mean, I, that's where I like Arizona. Prior Arizona, Bama. I can see a one-two matchup right there. I picked I, Arizona to win it all last year, and I think I'm a little bit jaded because they let me down. <laughs> I'm still a little bitter from the uh, the what's his name year they lost to Buffalo, but yeah. Oh, Nate Oates? Nate Oates, yeah. Cause I, I, I got they blasted. Was, they were the four seed, and I was like, I like them getting hot this year in this tournament. And I, got, yeah, I picked Buffalo. They had all that talent. Destroyed. I just remember Nate Oates being like, we're going to beat we're gonna beat the bleep out of them. And they did. They, they, like, no, Nate, I know they did. He called his shot. He came out and was like, we're going to win. We're going to win easily. And they they absolutely won easily. I mean, I guess they could. I just, I mean, the the front line, I don't, I don't, I mean, Missouri, Utah State, I can't see doing it. and. I mean, I guess it'd be, they'd match up maybe with Baylor. I mean, they could get an interesting matchup in Sweet 16 because Creighton and NC State, neither of those move my needle. And I think Creighton could, could be interesting. I mean, if, offensively, yeah, both of them can if they get hot. But, I mean, I, but, I mean I, Arizona's issues are offensively. Like, if, if they find a team that just – because they're so good defensively. If they go up against a team like Creighton that can just knock down crazy shots regardless of their defense and Arizona's doing its typical thing where they just go through stretches where they can't score – I can see that one being dangerous. The issue for Creighton is they got to get there. Yeah. And they. No matter if they get past the first round or not. Yeah. NC State, as much as I think they have holes, like NC State's also kind of the team that can play with Creighton because Craven Smith can score on anybody. Exactly. Like they get up and down. But NC State just goes through stretches where they, they're they so chaotic, good and bad. I, I just, they're still, they're still sort of a whatever team for me. Who's your off the radar Final Four team? Uh, you know what? You know, I love this stat too. Since 2012. A seven seed has made the final four, at least one, every single year besides one. A seven seed or lower, I should say. There's only been one season since 2012 where we haven't had a team seated seventh or worse make the so final four. You're telling me 11 straight tournaments? 11 out of 12. Well, one of them we didn't have a tournament. Well, too. so yeah, 10 out of 11. Yeah, ten, so 10 out of Carolina last, last year. Yeah. Uh, I think just maybe it was either two or three years ago was the first time that it hasn't happened uh, since 2012. But we've got, I, I think the East region's the, the, the region to identify it. Like, I hate Michigan State. I don't think they're good. I can see them making it. I hate USC. I don't think they're good. I can see them making it. I can see Oral Roberts being the first 12 seed to crash the Final Four. Uh, I think that's where it comes out of. That's where the this year's seven seed or higher comes, comes out, out of the East. East. Yeah. Okay. That's where things fall apart. I can also see Kentucky making it, which I don't like to. Admit. Well, there's six. I know. That that's radar, what I'm saying. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't like admitting it. But I it, mean, Indiana's a four, so I can't really pick them as. as but they they still kind of count. They're yeah. on off the beaten. I think anything four or higher. Works. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Of, I mean, outside them though, um, yeah, I really can't think. I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, I see some teams getting knocked off early, but a lot of times that's when your upsets happen, and when the smoke clears, usually more often than not, it's your 
cream has risen to the top, except for apparently that one team every year that's a seven or lower. Yeah, but usually that seven seed, it's like the, you know, North Carolina, North Carolina, yeah. like UConn. I mean, we had Loyola Chicago a few years ago. Yeah. They were crazy. We, I mean, Kentucky and UConn made it both as seven and eight yeah. in 2014. Uh, 2015, Michigan State was the seven that, that beat us. Um, it's just, it's, it's usually a team like that. Like a Michigan State is a seven, Carolina is an a, eight. It's a sneaky stat that doesn't, it's, it's kind of, yeah, not, you, when you say seven or high, you're thinking like, I want to say Gonzaga, but you know you're you're thinking a Cinderella run, which not just saying those teams weren't right. Syracuse, the yeah. one year was the eleven. Yeah, they. It's just been you don't have an Iona or Loyola, the only Loyola's one. Loyola's kind of the big exception. Oh, yeah, only an exception exactly. Um, who was it in 2016? Could it be Northwestern this year as a seven seed? Maybe. I mean, it's it, there's always a team. South Carolina was the one that was like, are you kidding me? Oh like, yeah, they were the ten. They were yeah. they were seven. The seven, yeah. Like it's, it's it's usually a team that you just totally dismiss. Like I can see Michigan State or Northwestern fitting that where I'm like, eh, this team sucks, but they just things break the right way. They play one good game and then get a couple of breaks in the bracket and end up crashing the Final Four. I mean, that could be. You talk about Colgate knocking off Texas A and M, who got a raw deal. I I mean, see them in the Sweet Sixteen where could happen. I mean, they could be a Sweet 16 matchup against Pitt. I yeah. mean, I mean, I'm not big on. I feel like the Big East is going to be the one that that just gets underachieves. Yes, hugely. In this I can tournament. see that. I, I mean, I just not not the the, the gripe on other old, old school Big East complaints from Kentucky fans, but I feel like it's just they're being excelled for just playing in their in their own conference. Nova covered a lot of wards for a lot of years for that league when, yeah. they, when they underachieved in the Big East. Speaking of, real quick, I know we have to go to break. Yeah. I saw a crazy stat last week, and I meant to share it on the show, but I, I forgot about it. When Nova, because they were the sixth seed in the Big East tournament, when they played their second game last week, I think they got beat by Xavier. Um, it was a 6-3 game. Whoever they, I who, think it was, yeah. Whoever they lost to, it was the first time that they were the worst-seeded team, the, the road team, if you will, in the Big East tournament since they lost to us in 2013. Like, since the new Big East became a thing, they were the better-seeded team in every single Big East tournament game that they'd played for a decade. That's nuts. That's what Jay Wright does. That's what he does. Wear suits, looks good, wins conference tournament games. Calls you about UK games. He does now, yeah. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll read some text. 502-414-1450. We'll wrap up the show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Final segment here. Also, great dancing about Bruce. Underrated Bruce Springsteen dancing in this video. Him and Courtney Cox. He's doing. He's doing the uh, the 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 sway. The, yeah, the white guy bat left to right. <laughs> every every white guy knows this move. <laughs> oh yeah, the Bruce. He's doing the dice thing way too much. That's <laughs> really all he's got. All right, final segment here. The Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show on fourteen fifty and 96.1, The Big X. 
Talking some bracket in the last segment there. Of course, the, the women's team getting ready for their NCAA tournament, the men's team. Loading up on recruits here, trying to flip the script as we get ready for year number two. Uh, I saw JCPS principal arrested at Louisville Middle School on the first day on the job. Well, that's a tough Which school? I don't know. It's like, please don't let it be you. It's like, oh, you don't have a kid in middle school right now. I'm saying yours. Like you're, th- you're just like, you're thinking that. Oh, yeah. Well. Olmstead Academy North. I don't even know what that is. Well, the the sign of the school says, Welcome, Principal Littles. It says, but That welcome didn't last long. A <laughs> <laughs> dramatic Good Lord. What was, what was what did he find? What did he do? Uh, deputies served a warrant for Little's arrest at the school on Monday. The warrant issued by the Bullitt County Attorney's Office was for charges of fourth degree assault and third degree domestic terroristic threatening uh, related to a domestic incident on Christmas Day where he was. Christmas? The man was leaving his home with his ex wife when her new boyfriend, Little's, pulled up and began arguing with her. Little's allegedly assaulted the man and left him with injuries on his face and head. Christmas? On Christmas. That's a long way to wait. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> that is strange. I feel like they were trying to make an example of just embarrassment in his job or something. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I mean, just, that's that's very strange. They wait till like they waited till he got a promotion to to arrest. That's him. yeah. That's yeah. Maybe this is the new LMPD. They're catching up on stuff that they weren't doing before. Everything's fine now. Who knows? Oh, now why does my uncle were bragging about eating a KSR bar? No, the mail ID. Yeah. Oh, is he getting ready for? He's like seventh region champs excited to be eating at KS- KSR Bar and Grill on Wednesday in preparation of our KHSAA state tournament. Oh, he's not game. even there. He's announcing that they're going to be there. Yeah. You know what? J Town. Ta- and he tags Matt. I'm going to get. Oh, I'm texting him for crap on J Town, the sixth region champs. They're coming to Bar Chronicle. It's next door. Everything's just a dollar cheaper. They're going to be there. They're going to have a great time. We're Team J-Town you just, you, You've doomed the male bulldog run already, John. Are you happy? What's he doing? I mean, you just, you, you're you older from the other day. You should be wiser than this. 502-414-1450. We'll take some text. We'll try to get through the text line as much as we can here in the next 10 minutes or so. Uh, Texas 11 seeds have a winning record over six seeds since 2010. I think it's actually, the stat that I saw is it's, it's 500 since 2012. I mean, um, is, is it getting to the point where six eleven? I mean, it's an upset, but it's not as much. No, because like, you you typically have like a really good. It's basically like a good power conference team versus another good power conference. Exactly. Team. Yeah, it's all, they're it's, barely separated. It, yeah, it's um, it's almost yeah. It's, it's right there. Is is easy with the eight nine matchup to me or seven ten. It's yeah, yeah, it's the same. I mean now twelve. Even though it's a trendy upset, that's when the gaps really. I think because you have some like automatic qualifiers and mm-hmm. you know, lower. I mean, like Charleston, San Diego State this year is kind of. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, George, uh, the Mason run was, they were 11, weren't they? Yeah. They were 11 seed when they made that run. They were a 11, yeah. Cause they 10, knocked, I believe. No, they were 11. Were they? Because they that was the first time a double digit seed ever knocked off a one, was when they were an 11 and knocked off number one UConn. Well, they could have been a 10. And... Yeah, but they were 11 because they knocked off Ford, uh, NC, uh, North Carolina was a three that year. And they beat them in the second round. Okay. I'll take your word for it. No problem. Texture says, uh, do you think it's embarrassing that a terrible coach like Johnny Jones can accomplish a feat at Texas Southern that Louisville can't <laughs> going to the NCAA tournament the past three seasons? They did it this year as I the mean, fair they did like, this year as the worst seed in their conference tournament. Yeah. There are eight teams in that tournament. They were the eight seed. They knocked off the one and the two to win that league. In fairness, he has barely over five hundred too. Oh, he's, I, got, he's under five hundred this year. Are, are they, I thought they had a winning record. I thought they were like I think they've got twenty losses. Yeah. 
I could be wrong. I thought they were like eighteen and sixteen or something this year because they were the lowest the lowest seed in their uh, in their conference tournament in the SWAC. He's at he's at Texas A and M CC right? No, he's at Texas Southern. Oh, okay, that's what it was. Okay, I yeah. was looking. I thought he was at the. Uh, my bad. I tell you what, no, uh, they're, they're sixteen and sixteen. They they with their win in the conference tournament championship game, they got back to five hundred. Yeah, I'm seeing them at fourteen and twenty on here though. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on. Oh, this is last year. Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong. Yeah, thing. I'm seeing a fourteen. I was right the first end. time. Yeah, yeah, because they got twenty right. losses. Yeah, fourteen and twenty, uh, which is astounding. But. I thought he was at Texas CNC and they were like eighteen and sixteen. No, he's because he took over. Mike Davis was at Texas Southern. They've owned the SWAC for a long time. When Davis left for Detroit, Johnny Jones took the job, and they've been they've been kind of running that conference. But yeah, it does. I mean, hell, he made the tournament when he's at LSU. He just didn't do anything there. Damn, beat Kentucky a couple times too at LSU. He didn't. He played in the the greatest coach off eight nine game of all time. Godfried versus Jones, NC State versus LSU. Both teams tried to lose. It was incredible. But I think I can't even remember who ended up winning. I think I want to say that it was, was NC State because then they knock off deck. Yeah, Godfried versus Jones. Yeah. I think NC State won in overtime. It was bad, but but it wasn't that same year NC State went on and knocked off. The, they would be beat them in Sweet Sixteen, wasn't it? Um, when it's the, the year they knocked off the one seed the next game? It wasn't when they beat Nova. By the way, George Mason wasn't 11. Yeah. Um, oh, I know, because the only two times, the, the first two double digits to knock off a one were George Mason, 11 versus one, and then when BCU beat Kansas, 11 versus one. 11-1. I, I, think, I don't know if it's happened since. Those are the first two I know for a fact. I don't think it has. Those might be the only two, yeah. Because I, I remember we were talking about, you know, some friends were arguing upsets, and I was like, George Mason's biggest subs technically 11 seeds never beaten a Mason UConn still was it was one of those games because they were the first one to kind of break that mold I remember thinking that entire game I've seen this game happen a million times UConn always ends up winning like they're gonna they'll get cold UConn will and when Denim Brown missed the shot I'll never forget it in overtime they were down two it was a game like, I, there was no part of me that thought the shot wasn't going in and I really game missed the, the game it's Denim Brown missed, wow. the, missed the game winning three attempts and in overtime and Gay may have missed a shot at the end of regulation. Right, that's maybe what it was. Yeah. But Denim Brown was the last shot, and I just it was, I was shocked. I'm like, I never thought I'd see a, a game like this, and it was just it was a fun run. And since then, we've had a couple. Of I'm almost good positive. Runs like that. Somebody can correct me, but I think that was also the first time a one ever lost to a double digit seed. Maybe. They, I mean, you got to think when when you're a one seed, you don't you have no chance at really playing a double digit very often until at least the Sweet Sixteen. I mean, right. So, uh, Texas says I'm going below. To blow, I'm going to blow TK's mind by gifting him a Pantone color wheel, garnet not garnish. Hashtag. <laughs> we, we, we've shown him the color; he still doesn't believe it. You can show him the evidence. Yeah, all you, you can want. show me maroon all you want, and I'll show you maroon back. I thought he was going to say like he's going to watch the movie below. Is what he was going to do. No. <laughs> Texas is someone who has not watched a minute of wrestling as an adult. The A and E biography series on WWE wrestlers is a surprisingly good watch. Have you checked it out, TK? And can you give listeners a top five of your all-time favorite wrestlers? It is people love that series. They do. I mean, and and I I've watched them. They're they are painted with a WB brush to a degree, but they're not bad. They're still entertaining. I mean, like I watched the 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 Jake Roberts one, who by the way is in my top five all time. Love Jake. The and I sent you like that clip. Remember his, his yeah. daughter like he smoked crack the whole. T-. Of all they showed in that, it still looked like Wolf of Wall Street on NBC primetime. Compared to the uh, the, the beyond uh, the mat, the, yeah, the dark side of the ring version, yeah. which talked about his mom and, and his dad, and his dad affiliation with sleeping with twelve year olds, and <sighs> I mean, just yeah, the, the, trust me, the Roberts family, Grizzly Smith on, and company was a total disaster. But yeah, if you if you're a novice wrestling fan, I have seen no reason why they wouldn't be entertaining. 
Um, but a top five, I mean, I mean, most of them are nostalgic. Obviously, Bret Hart, it's probably Bret Hart, Jake Snake Roberts. Uh, Rob Van Dam was always a big favorite of mine. Um, this is going to rub people the wrong way, but I don't care. Chris Benoit, I just loved him in the ring. I, I don't consider what he did out of the ring in possibilities. And um, number five, man, that would be, uh, I don't know. I'd have to think about that one. Those four were, were big for me, especially growing up in the uh, early teens of Trevor. Trevor Kelsey, sports murder. Just you heard here first. They loves murder. I mean, it's, not only one of those guys committed murder. Good to know. I mean, Great to know. I can see why you're taking Bama to, the, to win the national title. I didn't say Bama. No shock. No shock here. Guy just loves murderers. Um, speaking of painting with like a friendly brush, have you seen the story about Brent? Did I get that term right, by the way? What do you mean? When I said painting with a friendly brush? I mean, it's usually paint with a broad brush, but oh. <laughs> they're going to make a Trevorism or not. I I'm, I'm, well, 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 it works. It can be brushes can be friendly. <laughs> but did you see the story? A, a guy who I know well. I've been on a show a bunch. I think I've had him on. I may have had him on this show. But Brent Axe, who does, has done sports radio in Syracuse for a long time, he writes for the Post Standard. He got fired from his afternoon show on his on uh, in Syracuse, uh-huh. and yeah, you know, I was surprised to see it because I know he does an awesome job. I listen every now and then. And when I go on there, you can tell he's super professional, far more professional than, than we are on this show. Now he's not Troy Nunes, right? He's not. Okay. But he, a magician, I hear. the story came out today that the owner is like very friendly with Jim Beheim. And oh, no. Brent has been critical of Jim in recent years. And now Beheim in retirement is going to do some shows and this on this family of networks. And the owner straight up said, like, we fired him because he was too negative with this coverage of, of Syracuse. He's like, people don't want to hear it. He's too ne- and like they the post standard they in their story, they publicly admitted that yeah he says he was too negative we want he's like I think they're they're happy things to talk about we want a more positive tone when we talk about Syracuse he's like oh and by the way Jim Bam's gonna start doing shows on our network pretty soon this guy who's been ripping him is going to get fired like it just was so you can say what you will like about people being too critical people being you know butt slapping I think we can all agree people are should be welcome to have their opinions without being. You know, fired just because of them, like unless it's just something overly offensive. If you think a program's going in the right direction or going in the wrong direction, you should be able to voice that. And look, we have a text line. People take calls. If you have an opposite opinion, you're welcome to voice that. We welcome all opinions on this show. But the fact that an owner would come out and just be like, yeah, he was too negative. When Syracuse is in the midst of its worst run with its major programs, when I mean, they had a women's basketball coach fired for abuse recently, the basketball team has never been this consistently average since Bayham got there. Football, we know how bad they've been up until like last year, which even then they were like what six and seven. Like, it, it, what do you want them to say? Like everything's perfect, we're fine. I mean, I Come feel on. like they've hung on to Dino Babers as long what, years past. Yeah, the same way they held he on had to two Dupa. winning yeah, seasons. Yeah, I mean, yeah get, I mean, get out of here. Um, Ridiculous. I, I, I station manager, program director, operations manager. I don't know what that guy's title is, but that dude's an idiot. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, not he not straight up admitted not it. for the fine, but just saying that because I don't know what Syracuse's fan base like. I don't know. I have like a thumb on them completely. But if, I would imagine they are a little, you know, aggravated with some of the program's direction in terms of the su- success or lack thereof. For sure. Last couple years. And by basically admitting you fired this guy because he's not butt slapping Jim Beheim, who's now coming in. I mean, you're talking. I mean, that's that's just stupid. I mean, unless Syracuse turns it around on the court to help you out, you probably hurt your ratings pretty much right there. And he tried to say, like, Syracuse fans, I, everywhere I go, they don't want to hear negative things. And then Axe was like, 
based on the reception that I've gotten, I think a lot of people had the same frustrations, which I'm sure they did. The basketball program has been just mediocre for the last several years. It, it was. If I'm that program director, I just lie. I mean, actually come out and publicly say, hey, listen, they fired me because this. The I'm quotes like, are unreal. I just lie. I'd be like, listen, we fired him because he's right. uh, he wouldn't quit eating people's yogurts out of the fridge. You need to read the we story. Put, we put our name on it, and yet he still ate it. We couldn't take it anymore. We just we had to let him go. The quotes are, are kind of unbelievable. Like every the, the further you read, you're like, is this real life? Like it's just, it, it's kind of scary. Like whether you're a ardent supporter of a program, like maybe defending it to a point, or you're being critical. If you're doing it just because it's an agenda, just because like you know the other station has the games and you're gonna you go after the program because of that, or if you're defending it just because there's a relationship between you, like people can see through that. And I, I mean, like, like I don't mind you having an opinion. Like you know, some people were very defensive of the job Kenny Payne did this year, and I'm fine with that. Like there's no right or wrong way to fan as long as it's your genuine position, as long as it's something that you genuinely believe. And if you want to be critical, that's fine. Yeah, be genuine about it, but don't do the whole thing. Like now, every show that they put on, whoever they put on to replace Brent, is going to be pro, very pro Syracuse, and is going to say everything's fine when they lose games, and everybody's going to know exactly why they're doing it. And if that's who you are, then that's fine. But that, but it doesn't look like it looks like you're going to be playing a role, no matter who you are, because of the, the it's just fake. Why should I listen to you if you're going to be just feeding me something that you may not even genuinely believe? And I went to this, I mean, fourteen years ago or so, when when Cumulus. Pulled, you know, pulled us and everybody. It was Jurich. Jurich had a thing. First of all, no, it wasn't. But I mean, that's kind of like it'd be funny if Jurich come out and be like, "Yep, we got him pulled. We, we got him. tired of hearing. We got tired of hearing Renshaw talk the truth about Crackthorpe." I mean, yeah. that's, that's, and he didn't because he didn't have it done. But you know, I remember here listening to that. Now that chatter. I saw people still think that they, the reason we got pulled was because Jurich. Yeah. Um. There you go. Uh, we don't have time to take any more text now with that story letters. Apologies to the text that we didn't get to. I'll go answer them in the car. Yeah, Trevor will, you know, he's going to go hang out in his car, respond to some texts, have a good time. <laughs> Is there anything more? I sometimes wonder because I see the janitor like taking the trash out over at the school. There's nobody else in that park. No one else It's but just me. you after I leave. And I'm sitting in there with like the car running, the window down, and like cigarette hanging out of my. And I'm like, I in a school <laughs> parking lot where children attend. I do see the random guy that walks his dog through here every night. That guy's always there. Yeah, you, yeah. And we've been seeing a kid ride his bike through here more recently, too. But. All right. Uh, we got no games tonight. we got the first four starting tomorrow. We'll have more to get to. Hopefully, more, even more positive recruiting notes to get to tomorrow on the show, which have, will be— Do we have lines out yet for the games? Or they'll come out tomorrow? Lines are out. Lines are out? I yeah, you can find out. the lines okay. anywhere. We can get to that maybe a little bit more tomorrow. We'll be right here at 3 o'clock. Everyone have a fantastic Tuesday night. One.